Alrighty. Well, hopefully this works this time. Um, welcome to episode four of the Real Talk podcast with myself, Gabe Perez, and my lovely guest for this episode uh, was Amanda. Um, she's a friend of mine um, that I met through a young adults group here in the local Portlandia area. Um, it actually was recorded uh, back in April, um, so a nice five-month delay in recording to posting. <laughs> um, we had a good conversation, so hope you guys enjoy. All right, and question. Yep, there we go. All right. Now we're all good. Oh, this is it. Amanda, how you doing? Good. Okay, introduce yourself. This is also, by the way, welcome to Real Talk. I think it's episode four, maybe, four or five. Um, and this is just 100% for myself and any of my friends that want to listen. So, there you go. <laughs> so, I guess my first question is, should I use my real name? Um, I mean, if you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know you. <laughs> I didn't know you had like a, you. I don't know. It's up to you. I don't know. Should I call you? Is it? Can I call you Amanda? Is that right? Okay. Let's just keep the first name. Okay, first name. Cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Amanda. I mean, I guess yeah. That's. How's your day been so far? My day has been pretty decent. Okay. Um, school is pretty much over. I just have finals on Tuesday. Nice. Okay. So today I I woke up pretty late around nine. Nice. Um, made some coffee. Ate some mango. Ooh. I love mango. Is that like your go-to thing in the morning? Fruit. Yeah. Yeah. That or a banana. Yeah. But mango. since we have mango right now, that's delicious. Mango sounds good. Do you have like pre-cut mango? Or do you have like your own mango? You like peel and cut up? I peel it. There you go. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, for me, when I think about, like, having fruit, I, I don't know, I don't like to have, like, pre-sliced stuff, like, pre-sliced pineapple or pre-sliced apples or pre-sliced oranges, like, I don't know, I kind of just want to have, like, if I have a melon, I want to, like, cut open that melon myself and, like, dice it up. And I can keep, like, other stuff that's, like, that I've cut myself in the fridge, but I think when I buy it in a package, it's kind of weird for it's me. It's definitely but. cheaper to just buy the, the fruit. Yes, totally. And that's, yeah, that's more where I come from, too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this this package has, like, five different types of fruit, but it's, like, $15. I'm like, mm, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but a single melon's, like, four bucks. It's like, uh-huh. okay, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, what? So what is your last final that you have on Tuesday? Um, I have psychology mm-hmm. and human resources okay. on Tuesday. Nice. So, okay, so I was actually meeting with uh, an old student of mine, John, yesterday. Um, and oh, my dog's growling. I don't know why, but it's okay. Um, but <laughs> she says so. <laughs> um, but um. I was talking with him yesterday, and he had he's taking a psych class. He's like just started his college classes and stuff. Um, but he was saying he doesn't really like psychology that much. And to me, that's like so interesting because like, I love psychology, and I've always liked that. Like I took it like two years in high school, and then I did another year in college just because like I just loved it so much. 
But I don't know. Like, is that something that you're fairly interested in, or is it kind of like mediocre, or are you like indifferent to it? You know, I really enjoyed my last psychology classes. Mm-hmm. I took psychology in high school, and I mm-hmm. really loved it. Mm-hmm. And I took psychology as a science, as a natural science, mm-hmm. at um, Clackamas Community College. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good class, too. But this mm-hmm. has not been very good or very interesting <laughs> at all. This is adolescent psychology. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different, yeah, and whole different ballgame. I, f- I feel like I haven't learned much mm. that my own experience didn't teach me. Oh, gotcha. Being an adolescent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing about, and I was talking to John about it, like, there is an interesting thing where... A lot of what we know about the brain and psychology is fairly limited. Like we don't, I mean, we have a general understanding of like how the brain and like the mind works, but like it's fairly limited because there's some things that we're just like we're kind of in the dark about. Like oh man, like I mean, we know like the structures of the brain and kind of where like activity lights up when you're like you know excited or sad or stuff like that. But like a lot of stuff we've found out from like. I mean, there's a story of that guy who's, like, in the 1800s who had, like, a a, a railroad tie, like, go oh, through his head. yeah. Yeah, and it, like, changes his personality. Story. Yeah, but it's, like, it's, like, that and, like, four or five other stories where someone gets hit in the head in that area <laughs> and lives, and then we're, like, oh, so that's how that changes. And it's, like, but why? It's, like... I don't know, because some people have the same exact incident and nothing happens name? to them. I have no idea. I cannot remember his name at all. Um, on my phone's on the charger. Um, but I have, yeah, no, I just remember, like, because you're like, oh, that's interesting. But that story from, like, the 1800s, when they're, like, building railroads all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, do we have anything newer in between, like, now and then? It's like... Oh, I'm sure we do. Well, I feel like... I feel like those are more prevalent. Maybe that's the origin, and that's probably like, they're like, hey, this is the history of like how we found this out. You know, this is the first case of it, which is good, but I feel like, I don't know. Just in general, like when you're thinking about, um, I don't just like how things work in the brain, and like, I guess, how certain things affect us, and how certain things don't affect others, and yet they affect someone else like very powerfully. And even um, like mental disorders or mental illnesses like, um, like Alzheimer's. Like, there's, like, the spiraling, like, in the cells of the brain. And you're, like, some people, like, die and have a lot of those, and it means nothing. Like, they didn't have any Alzheimer's. And other people have, like, very little spirals, or, like, it's a semi-common thing with people with Alzheimer's. But it's, like, what does the spiraling mean? It's, like, does it have any effect? How does that happen? It's, like, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, random little things like that you just kind of look into. But it's, like, well, we see this. It's kind of common to some people. But some people have it, and it doesn't seem to do anything to them. You're, like... Well, then what does it mean? Like, how do we... Even, I don't know. So, anyways. I just like psychology and just like the study of the brain and all that stuff. I haven't gotten into it in a long time. But it's just kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. That whole field of study is very, very intriguing to me. So. It is mm. one of the more interesting mm. subjects, I think. Yeah. So, what made you, like... So, you want to go into human resources, correct? You know, I'm not so sure anymore. Okay. Um... Mm. I've kind of been thinking it would be nice to have a simple job. Okay. Like, recently I've been thinking I really want to be a bank teller. Okay. Did I mention that to you? I don't think you have, no. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> what I've been thinking about, about how nice it would be to be a bank teller. Okay. Yeah. You know, why do you why do you think that is? Like Just dress nicely every day. You get to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's like a... 
I don't know if it's minimum wage, mm. but it's like a very basic job, but it mm -hmm. still has a level of respectability too. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, so first of all, they're a person like handling people's money all day. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of, <laughs> like people are like, hey, so I trust you with this information. It's like, yep, I kind of have a decent responsibility right now. <laughs> and plus, like on top of that, in terms of like you're kind of the face of a bank, essentially. Uh -huh. Like, and then like, once you get, I don't know, from, I've also been to the bank like three times this past week because of the stuff in my car. Oh. Um, but like every time I go in, you always talk to the bank teller and then like every time I've had to like have go in and like do something i talk to somebody but they usually have to like get the manager so like huh i don't know about that and then it's like it goes from being like this nice like bank teller person to being like huh um hey and then they like go get the manager it's almost more intimidating and you're like oh dude like man this i don't want to like get the manager or anything like and like and even if it's like a simple question that just doesn't have a an easy answer you know i don't know so i feel like being a teller you're kind of able to kind of interact with people but it's not like this um there's no pressure in the like interaction right it seems fairly low stress mm -hmm. and you get to be friendly yeah yeah there you go <laughs> that's cool yeah i think right hr i feel like is f kind of low stress i feel like at, most of the time it's kind of low stress and then all of a sudden it gets like really stressful it was like this one situation you gotta walk into it's like hey so i'm reporting this incident to you and you're like ah <laughs> that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah it was um, it was interesting taking the human resources management class mm -hmm. this term um, and I think if I wanted to continue in school that's what I would stay with mm -hmm. so I'm going to try being a bank teller this summer and mm -hmm. see how I like it mm -hmm. because yeah I'm not really feeling school yeah. honestly <laughs> I mean it, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that because yeah. it's such like an amazing opportunity to be able to go to school yeah but I'd rather just have a simple job mm -hmm. live my life wait a couple years have kids mm -hmm. there you go yeah no that's cool it's that's like such a I don't know it's like I don't mean this in like a, I don't know it's for to me it, I mean it in a very genuinely positive way that's like super sweet I love that like <laughs> literally just like enjoy your life and don't like think it's like oh man I gotta go to school I'm gonna have this career do all this is like right why don't you just like and I don't know for me like I have a very I I so for like going back to your first thing that you said like I don't really feel school most of the time <laughs> I've never really have even when I was in culinary school like it was like I loved it a lot but it was also like I had to take like nutrition classes and stuff like that as well and uh -huh. I forgot most of that because it was all online so I don't really like online classes it just don't don't really vibe for me um but took a nutrition class and I took a, a kitchen management so essentially like how to manage a kitchen and get like uh, certified to uh, be a kitchen manager uh -huh. um, in the state of New Mexico at least and so I got my surf safe license and my surf safe manager license um, through a class at school and then I also started my culinary like skills the actual practicing stuff in the kitchen and the theory of it and practice um, <clears throat> so I got to be able to do all that and I liked it but it's kind of the extra studying that I had to do at times. It was just, like, exhausting. And I also didn't have, like, any money to, like, buy food to experiment with. So okay. I was, like, I would like to have, like, done more of the, hey, like, so we're practicing this. Or my chef encourages me to try this out or to try more of this. Um, but it's, like, I have to buy on my own, my, like, own stuff outside of school to, like, experiment with that. It's, like, I don't have any money. <laughs> so 
that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, so I feel you on like the whole no, no school or not really feeling school because that's, I don't know. I think for one, like, I don't know. I, I think there's a, a big generalized push that like if you don't go to school, like you're doing something wrong. And it's right. like, I don't think that's true at all. And I think, and I kind of have always thought that, um, but mostly just because I was a rebellious teenager who just didn't want to be there. <laughs> and then as I've gotten older, it's like, well, I mean, you could easily just like do a trade or like, you know, uh, become an apprentice under someone and do something. Or mm-hmm. even just like, you know, start off at a basic wage job, but then like move up and just, yeah. you know. And there yeah. are opportunities to become like a banker or a mm-hmm. bank manager as a bank teller. Yeah, no, I was gonna say this easily. I mean, that's what my sister did. Oh, really? She, yeah, she's been working at Wells Fargo, I think, for um, I don't know, like how many years. It's she's been working there a long time, but now she's like one of the. She's not a manager, but she's definitely one of the actual bankers. Like okay. She's like one of the. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what she does. Um, but she has like her own little office space and all kinds of stuff. So she's oh, like, cool. yeah, and she started off as a teller. Um, and I remember cause my sister was doing something completely different before that. And all of a sudden she was a bank teller and I was like, Sabrina, why are you a bank teller? I was like, what the heck? Where did that come from? I was like, oh, it was just a job. And then she ended up progressing more and more. Did and she then, like it? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think she actually enjoyed that quite a bit. And I think, um, there's a lot of aspects of her job now that, I think because it's a little bit more responsibility, there's a little bit more stress because she's a banker and because she has to take on more. Uh-huh. Um, and there's more expected of them as the bankers, like because you're kind of the people that are handling more of like handing out loans and talking to right. people and kind of sitting down and explaining stuff like that. And um, like if you give out a loan to somebody, you approve somebody for a loan or say that somebody's approved. Um, then like they're not able to pay that loan back. Then the bank's basically losing money off of a thing that you approved uh-huh. that you put through. Um, so then it's kind of like a okay. So there's a little bit more responsibility I think that she has with that, and there's more pressure. Um, and so with that, I don't think she necessarily. And great that I haven't talked to her in depth with, about this, so I could be getting this wrong. So sorry, Sabrina, if uh, you ever hear this, doubt you will. Um, but you know, I think for the most part, she has enjoyed uh, her like her work life at Wells Fargo for the most part this entire time. So, um, and she always helps me. Like I had big with Wells Fargo anyways. So like I usually, if I have a question about something or, you know, my mom has a question like, well, like, Hey Sabrina, da, 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 how does this work? Or, Hey, how can I do this? And she'd like, Oh, it's actually better if you, you know, do this with your money or open this account or, you know, do it this way with this card and stuff like that. Um, cause she just knows the system a little bit better. And so it's like, she's just able to help us, understand how to navigate it just a little bit better so nice yeah but um yeah so i i think that that's for one like it's a very enjoyable line of work and i think that um for me and looking because you're talking about it's not uh you said it wasn't sure if it was a minimum wage job or not but there's opportunity to move up like for me i think my perspective is at least that as long as you're like able to take care of what you need to take care of like pay your bills and like have a little bit of money every now and then to go out like and, you know, let's say you have kids, which would be awesome, you know, <laughs> uh, being able to, like, take care of your kids and, you know, provide for them and give them, you know, what they need and maybe a little bit extra. Like, I don't think you really need more than that, you know, like, and, and at least in my opinion, like, I just, I also am kind of very minimalist type of person, I guess. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, I have it all I need, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of like, my house is good. Like. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm satisfied with where I'm at currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, thinking about, you know, planning and trying to strive for more. But I think it's also like, especially as Christians, like we got to remember like to be satisfied in what we have, you know, mm-hmm. if we're materialistic in our lives and what are we idolizing? You know, what are we thinking about most? It's like probably just our material life then. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it's good to like save for retirement and have all those other things and those would be factored in eventually. Um, but at the same time, it's like if your goal is just to buy a bigger house and get more cars or just have nicer things all the time, it's like, I feel like it's kind of an empty way to live, you know? If, like, that's what you're striving for, just a bigger house. It's like, well, why? Do you need a bigger house? Like, maybe you just need less stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just, I don't know. And it's easier for me to say now as, like, a younger person who doesn't have kids and, you know, my wife, you know, enjoys her job and she doesn't, she's not very materialistic either. So it's, like, kind of a very simple life. And granted, as you walked into our house, it's very very cluttered and dirty right now so apologies um i literally cleaned a bunch on monday and then it is now friday and everything's just wrecked it happens it's horrible well and plus like with because so i twisted my ankle last night Uh um at like 10 o'clock and then i didn't get home until like 11 because it was um so at george fox they have like a ultimate frisbee kind of league or not, I don't know if it's a league it's just kind of like a general club um, uh-huh. but they kind of open it up to anybody and everybody um, and so uh, I've been wanting to go to it for a long time but I have not actually been able to like figure out when and where they meet <laughs> I just knew it happened on Thursdays for sure um, and I was like okay um, well where and then I couldn't find out and then um, I was like trying to figure it out and then I kind of was like well I haven't been able to go so I'm just not going to go um, and then ended up finally connecting with, uh, one of my old students, his name's John. Um, and he was, he was actually one of the three students I started off with in my first youth group. So my first youth group with three kids and he was one of them. Nice. <laughs> so it was like, uh, uh, John, Caleb and Cole. Um, so that was the three of them. And so, uh, they were all buddies and that's kind of who I had in my first youth group. And now he just started um, at George Fox this semester. Um, and while he was there, he was telling me about the ultimate team. And I was like, oh, dude, that's cool. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you totally come. And I was like, are you sure? It's like, I'm a grown man. Like, I don't go to school. <laughs> like, I'm like already well removed from college and all this other stuff. And he was like, yeah, man, it's fine. He goes, there's like teenagers and like old guys. Like, there's like, it's kind of just open. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and so then I missed him a few weeks ago. And then I went on Tuesday it was a really good time, and then I went last night. Um, nice. Yeah, and then during our, our last, so we played three games, and during our last game, um, I just cranked my ankle in the beginning of our third game, um, and then um, basically limped off, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to play. <laughs> Were you able to drive home? Uh, yeah, it was my left ankle. Oh, so, God. yeah, my right foot was good, thank the Lord. I actually was thinking about that when I got in my car, because I was like, Dude, if it was my right ankle, I can't... Like, have you ever tried to drive with your other foot? I have not. <laughs> it's hard. It is so hard. Because, like, you don't realize how much control you actually have with your foot. Uh-huh. But then, like, you put, like, let's... You know, you try to break with your left foot. You, like, <laughs> you like jerk super hard because you just... You don't know how much pressure to apply. It's so all of a sudden, it's just, like, there. You're, like, oh, my gosh. And you, like, try to push on the gas. It's, like, and you're, like... Oh shoot! It's either that, or you're just like not even going. You're like, when is it gonna start? When? And you just yeah, it's horrible. So, 
I would not advise it, but I have definitely tried it multiple times. And I was like, if I had to drive my left foot, I would not have been able to do it. So because it's like from here to the campus, uh, it's literally you just keep going on Pacific Highway. Like mm-hmm. you just don't turn off. You just go straight on this road, um, and it's about twenty five minutes just one way. So oh, if I was yeah, if I were to drive with my left foot on a dark road uh, for half an hour, don't think it'd go very well. So I was like. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it was my left foot for sure. Um, I probably would have had to just tough it out with my right foot, but I was gone like really slow. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm feeling good. It's not not fractured. So, but this last night and this morning were a fiasco, um, which is half the reason the house is a mess. So yeah. What happened? What do you mean? Fiasco wise. Oh well, just because like I got well so. Um, so Rachel had work, uh, today at 9 a.m. Um, and for her, she really like needs, she needs her sleep for sure. She doesn't really do great whenever she doesn't have her sleep. Um, and she doesn't do great when she doesn't have time to kind of wake up in the mornings. Like, um, for me, I'm kind of like a, if I get like three hours of sleep and I just wake up and I'm in a rush and I'm in a panic and I just fly out the door, like I can kind of operate like that and just do it for a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with like. I can stay up late and I'll like, get up early like if I need to. Then like like work, obviously that's like important. You have to do it. Uh-huh. Um, so I would just get up and like run and I'd just go. But like I can't have that kind of ebb and flow of my life because that's not how her ebb and flow of life is. If I like try and just say, oh, we'll be fine. Like just let's just go. Like you know, twenty minutes before you got to go to work. And it's like, no, you can't just like rush somebody and like force them to live how you live. Um, so for us in general, it's, she needs to get to bed earlier. So she went to bed earlier, uh, cause I was out playing Frisbee. Um, and so and she didn't really want to play anyway. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, but so she went to bed and she had her phone off though. So I was calling her trying to say, Hey, can you like help me try and get up the stairs once I get home? And Hey, can you get some ice ready and like get all these things so I don't have to like hobble around the house and, you know, get all these things. Uh, but her phone was off. Um, and I tried to call the, either of our Google homes cause they're like connected via Google. And then, then I stopped the music that was playing in the Google home in the bedroom. But I think she was already asleep at that point. So I stopped the music to try and get her attention. Aww. So did everything I possibly could to try and do it. And I was like texting her. I called her I messaged her on Instagram. Like I did everything. Um, Obviously, she wasn't looking at it. She didn't have her phone, and her phone ringer wasn't on. Um, so then I come home, and I'm like, Rachel, Rachel, and like, and then uh, Akira's like barking because like I'm just like stomping on one foot through the house, and it's like eleven o'clock at night, and then like mm. uh, the house is a mess, and you know there's like dinner that was still left out because she thought I was gonna eat it when I got home, uh-huh. um, and then I was like trying to like get ice and then all these other things, and I was like, hey, can you just get me some like you know, pain reliever out of the cabinet so I don't have to walk over there. And then um, I slept on the couch because I didn't, like, want to have to, like, deal with all the blankets and having to get up and walk all the way around our bedroom, all the way to the kitchen and all the way out. Just, like, so I was like, if I'm in the living room, it's fairly central. So if I need to go to the bathroom or go to the kitchen, it's a much shorter walk than having to, like, walk everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I ended up just sleeping on the couch and I, like, didn't sleep very well and then got up at 7 and then... Um, basically had to like tell Rachel, Hey, we got to leave early. Cause normally we would leave around like for, if she were to work at nine, we'd try and leave the house around like eight thirty. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Um, we ended up leaving the house at eight just so we could go to the Walgreens, get me some crutches from there so I didn't have to get crutches from the hospital because it'd be more expensive. Um, and then dropped her off at where we were going to drop her off at work. Then we ended up getting donuts. That was kind of nice. Yeah. So we found this donut place right by her work. Um, and so, and cause she was all stressed out from last night and she was also stressed out from this morning. Um, cause she didn't have time. She didn't have a good sleep and then she didn't have a good morning. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, you know, in pain, like trying to do stuff and hobbling around and we're trying to make sure Akira doesn't bump into my foot and twist it all mm-hmm. weird. And, um, and I'm in pain, a foot swollen and she's like, um, so the donut was a little bit for me, a little bit for her. Both of us kind of just like, okay, let's, let's take a deep breath. You're about to go into work. I have to drive myself to the hospital. So let's just figure this out. <laughs> um, so it was actually a pretty good morning. We sat and talked for a little bit before, uh, work and then I dropped her off, went to the hospital. Um, and basically from nine till about one o'clock I was doing so. Wow. But it was a, so it was a two hour wait. Um, so I drove home, took a shower cause I didn't shower from the night before cause I was just not trying to walk. So I was like, I'm just going to sit and ice my foot and go to bed. Um, so I came home, showered and then went back to the hospital, waited another half an hour. And then, um, they called me and got me an x-ray and then checked it out and then gave me a brace. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. So you've had a busy day. Yeah, yeah, and I was also I forgot that I was supposed to call a lady from the church to help coordinate cleaning out one of the rooms so I could use it for the youth group, um, and so she called me at like one o'clock when I was driving back, <laughs> and she goes, "Hey, Gabe, so you know I was just calling because you said you were gonna call me uh, this morning, and I you know, I have to go for the afternoon, and so I was just wanted to follow up, and I was like." crap <laughs> I was like I didn't ah I completely forgot I like I knew I had something going on today but then like with everything else that had happened I can didn't even think to stop and like think hey what did I have going on today because it was like my ankles messed up I need to go to the hospital and then I all have other stuff for the car I need to do today so I was like yeah I just didn't even think about it and so I talked with her on the way here and then I got lunch and then came home calmed Akira down because she's also scared of the crutches Oh, no. Yeah. So, found that out when I came back to take a shower. (laughs) She was, so I walk in the door and she's like, she starts barking at me because she's like, dude, what the heck's this weird thing walking in? And then she sees me, but then she like, hears these things like clanging and she's like, just like freaking out. And then I'm like, dude, it's fine. And then she's like running away from me and I'm like, dude. And so then I kind of stick it out so she could smell it. And then she like gets like two feet away and then runs away and I'm like, gets a foot away and then runs away. So, yeah, she's uh, she's a little nervous, but then she got close eventually and started smelling them and realized, like, hey, like, they're not going to hurt me. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a fun, fun morning. Wow. <laughs> but it's been good, though. It's been good. So, how's, okay, nope. I remember your boyfriend's name. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. What's the name again? I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I know I'm going to say it like completely it's wrong. Saroop. Oh my gosh. Oh god. I was going to say something completely different. I knew. What it was, were you going to say? I was going to say like Apu or something. Oh god. Oh Lord Jesus. I'm going to tell. Him. Oh god. Oh Saroop. I need to, like tattoo this on my hand. No. It's going to say Amanda Saroop, and that's it right there. And I'm just ugh. Oh. 
Draw a little heart around it. Yes, that's it. It'll be great. Oh man, that's so. How is how is Haruk doing? Good. He's mm-hmm. a little stressed out from work. Okay. What does he do for work? He's a mechanical engineer. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, because he passes uh, engineering thing the yeah. other day. Nice. Yeah, he did. So what is that? So now he's like officially like an engineer, or I think like he needs a couple more months of experience before he can get his professional engineering license okay but he's passed the test so he'll okay. be ready when he has the experience nice okay there you go so what's what's gonna stress out with work then is it just a lot of projects or yeah a lot of projects and the deadlines are coming up so he's fallen behind uh, and i guess unless he works like over 60 hours a week he's going to be falling behind yeah so the expectation is just really high mm-hmm. and that puts a lot of stress and pressure on him yeah yeah, I uh, I know that feeling. I have to work a lot, and if you don't, then you're kind of behind the ball. But then it's like if you're behind the ball, it's like I'm just trying to work a healthy schedule, and it's like, well, that's not what we do here. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is he is he liking it though? Like he likes it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he likes it decently. Mm-hmm. He's looking for something else though that's a little less demanding. Yeah, maybe like a different engineering firm. Or, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's one thing that, like, with Rachel, um, for her, that's a big part of, like, what she would want to try and do. Like, if she were to, because she actually really likes the container store, and, like, uh-huh. now that she's working full-time and designing a lot of closets and stuff, oh, it's really yeah. cool. yeah, designing closets sounds fun. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I was, like, I, and for one, it, I, okay, I did not even think that the container store had, like, custom closet designing stuff at all. Like, uh-huh. When I walk in there, there's no, I mean, there's like closets and you it's just like, oh yeah, this is like $1,200 or like $2,000 or $500. And you're like, okay, like, I mean, that's a cool looking closet, but it was like, I, I'm not going to buy that. Like, but you don't realize that you can actually customize different types. Of, and like, there's like different levels of like pricing you can also go into too. So if you want to spend a lot of money, you can do that. But if you don't want to spend that much money, you can still customize it, but at a much lower price. And it was like, What? Like, how is this a thing? And then she always, like, likes to design stuff on her phone anyways. Like, you know, design games. And then she ends up doing custom closets. And I'm like, gosh, dang. That's, like, super cool. That's perfect for her then. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I'm talking about, like, different, like, uh, science, you know, firms or, you know, groups like that. Like, if she were to go into, like, um, uh, uh, geology. Um, oh, my gosh. What am I thinking of? Um, what's a thing where they go and they like look at stuff and they tell you how to do it or something or like they evaluate like your property like a what's it called oh my gosh it's like a uh, what's it called a not a surveyor maybe a surveyor i don't know oh where they like recommend stuff oh my gosh amanda I can't help you. <laughs> I'm breaking. Oh, oh my gosh, because it's, it's like a, it's not a, not a referral, not a recommendation. It's like a geology. Oh my gosh, I don't know, but like, essentially, it'd be like a geology firm of some kind. I don't know if it's a firm or what you would call it, but like, there's like a, a business that essentially goes out and like looks at properties and can like advise people on that like and essentially like look at look at what they have going on 
look at the soil levels and look at um, the area around where they're using um, for whatever purpose they have and like knowing what purpose they have with that land like how can you use what you have or how can you make sure that you don't damage any land in the area with when you're doing what you're doing you know um, so she was thinking about like because her degree is in um, environmental earth sciences uh-huh. um, so she was thinking if she were to kind of go um, with a, a, a geologist firm or something like that I don't know what it's called I sound very uneducated right now just spewing out random phrases hoping this come to me um, but she was thinking if she were to try and go into that she would realize that for one she would probably be on the road a decent amount like oh. out like kind of doing um, in the field yeah like field work a ton of field work more than likely especially as somebody who might be younger like and newer she would probably have to be out with people even if she's not leading it she might have to be like learning on on the job stuff from people a lot mm-hmm. um and probably doing that for a long time and you know that could be for like um hey you gotta leave for like a week or hey you gotta leave for three weeks or you gotta leave for two weeks and or like you gotta drive out six hours to a spot and then stay there for two days and then drive six hours you know back two days later um you know just could be very simple stuff like that or um could even just be like office work you gotta you know look at blueprints and look at um you know whatever those uh, like the geo mapping stuff to look at an area um could just be looking at that for a long time and looking at core samples i don't know so there's just a lot of variability with it which i think is part of what she likes about it and she does really enjoy um looking and talking about rocks you know this is like she's kind of dorky but it's part of the reason i that i drew me to her um but so she still enjoys all that and would like to do it but i think um balancing that with uh having a healthy home life and like being here is also right. kind of hard too you know because i think that's a hard part about like the sciences like engineering and you know geology and you know even like physics and all these different things you kind of have to spend a, a decent amount of time in it to kind of i guess make progress which is unfortunate but you know it's also part of the gig <laughs> But I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, at least he's enjoying it somewhat, even if it's yeah. kind of stressful. So, yeah. Yeah. So how, and I, okay, this also, some of these questions might be like repetitive or not repetitive. Things I've already asked you before. Okay. I also just have a very bad memory sometimes. That's fine. So I literally can barely remember his name. So I apologize. But how did you guys meet? We met on OkCupid. Okay, Cupid. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's a dating app. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that app because you can answer questions. Okay. And so then it'll compare question your answers to to other people's. Okay. Um, and so we met, and this was during the beginning of COVID. Okay. Yeah. So our first date was a. I don't think it was Zoom. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like Google Chat or something. Some, some video of, yeah, yeah FaceTime something like that yeah so we video chatted and it was really awkward <laughs> <laughs> okay but we decided to go for an in-person date too mm-hmm. so then we went to Mary S. Young Park okay we I don't know where that is we walk but, yeah. it's in Westland okay we chatted mm-hmm. we really got along and then we got some sushi mm. And he ate most of it. <laughs> Are you just not a sushi person, or he was just really hungry? He was just trying to eat a lot. 
That's one thing. And he kept he kept coming around and eating all my food. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Is it so? Is that one of those things you're kind of like in the moment? You're like, dude, what the hell? But I'm like, that yes. Yeah. Now I I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. But because he's obvious, he's worth it. Yeah. But in the moment, I was like, one, why is he hanging out so much? Yeah. Because he kept coming over and staying over and mm-hmm. for like a couple days at a time. Yeah. He wasn't working at this point. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. And so yeah, I was, I didn't know how to tell him I need. Space. Yeah, I yeah, need time yeah. to clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I want to get freshened up and like be presentable, and the house to be presentable, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember getting kind of frustrated with him a couple times, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. And we went swimming a lot. We mm-hmm. like to swim in the river. Oh, nice. Where do you guys go? Just like we mostly go to High Rocks. High Rocks. Where that's is in it? Gladstone. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I don't, so, obviously I'm a newbie, mostly the area, so I'm pretty... Well, you guys should come swimming with us this summer. Yes, Rachel would love that. Especially on those hot days. Yes, oh my gosh, yes. Rachel, so we have the pool here, and... Oh yeah, that's nice. Last year we didn't use it at all, even during the heat wave. Why is that? I don't know. I literally have, I think mostly because it was a lot of families and kids and it's like super crowded. Okay. And so you kind of have to like put up with like kids and families and there's a lot of families in this like apartment complex, which is great. You know, it's like young, safe environment for like everybody. You know, when there's kids, there's a general sense of like security because if the kids and the family feel safe, then like everybody kind of relaxes a little bit because you realize like, hey, we're all here together. Um, whenever there's a lack of kids is usually where things get kind of weird and like dangerous. Okay. So at least that's what I've found on. So, cause it's like whenever like families feel like they can go out and be like normal, then you're kind of like, Oh, this is a nice area. You know, like families feel safe. Like they allow their kids to just hang out, you know? Um, and it's cool to kind of see like the little apartment complex kids is, you know, making friends and they're all like running around together and being rambunctious and stuff. And, People get irritated at them because they're annoying and loud, but you're like, yeah, that's whatever, you know. And you get annoyed with them, but you're like, eh, they're kids, you know, you get over it. Um, but the pool specifically, like, especially whenever it was boy- baking hot last year, it was like 100 degrees for, like, forever. <laughs> um, and, like, everybody and their brother was in the pool almost the whole time. And even at night, like, it was like 80 degrees, 85 degrees, and we live in the second story, and there's, like, one cooling unit at the front of the house. Oh. Yeah. So we don't have any AC in these back rooms at all. That that oh front, that, under that big window in the front room, uh-huh. there's only one small AC unit. Wow. So, yeah, there That's was multiple rough. nights that we slept in the living room because okay. it was, like, too hot in here. So, because in the mornings, like, the front gets baked because the sun comes up over there, but it sets on this side. And so the back rooms in the evening or the mornings would be cooler-ish. Uh-huh. Um, but then as soon as it got to, like, afternoon, like, the whole house is hot. And then, like, evening, the sun's just baking these back two rooms. And, like, even if you open the doors, like, it's – that AC unit is, like, not able to circulate that much air. It's just, like, too, too big of an area for that small little unit. And so if you open the doors, all the hot air just pours in and it makes that room hot, too. So we would just close the doors – and we just like stayed in the living room and we like slept in the living room, like me, Rachel and Akira just like, and it's funny, it was funny, but really sad. Like 
because it was so hot, like Akira would just lay underneath the fan in the kitchen on the tile because it's the coolest. So she would just lay sideways flat. And she just wouldn't move for like an hour just because it was so hot. And it was like, I felt horrible. And like the thing is you try to like get like a wet towel to cool her off. Uh She hates being wet. So she didn't want to, like you couldn't cool her down. You couldn't do anything for her. And you can get her water, but like water doesn't just cool you down. So it was just, yeah, it was rough. It was a horrible time. So, and then because we didn't go down to the pool, we never really cool off. So, yeah, it was a... I would gladly go swimming with you guys, and Rachel yes. would love that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So. so, anyways, you guys, so you met, you guys ate, hang, you was hanging out a lot, and then you guys went swimming a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so you guys have been dating for like two years now? Yeah, it'll actually be two years on the 25th, which Ooh. I think is Monday. Yeah, there so you go. we're celebrating on Sunday by going to Nimblefish. Nice. I don't know where Nimble Fish is, but cool. It's um, sushi. Oh. Yeah. Are you guys pretty big sushi people? We are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy? There's so many sushi places out here. Like, there's a lot of sushi places out in, like, this area. Or, like, just in Oregon in general. I don't know if it's, like, Portland-ish. But, like, in, well, obviously in New Mexico, like, there's not, ocean is very far away. So okay. any sushi place is either going to be frozen fish, which isn't very good. Or it's very expensive because they float. They f- usually have to fly everything in either overnight or like the night before. Um, so it's like it's either very expensive or it's like not good to eat. <laughs> so I didn't grow up eating sushi at all. And I actually, the first time I ever tried sushi um, was with my friend Tiana. Call her TT. Um, me and uh, me and TT, and I think there was another girl. Um, but they took me to a sushi place because like sushi's so good. I was like, I don't know about this. And I like put it in my mouth and I, I almost threw up. And I was like, what? I was like, because it was the texture. Oh. It was weird. Yeah, it was really sad. And I think, honestly, it was not the best sushi anyways. Because uh-huh. um, whenever I was out in Hawaii for Rachel and I's honeymoon, um, we had, I had sashimi. So that was one thing that I was like, I love sashimi. Like, yes. that's one thing that's, like, deconstructed sushi for me. It's just, like, I think actually putting it together and making it how I want to make it and kind of just having that, like, that allowed me to kind of have a much wider palate for sushi and the kind of raw seafood in general. So, so yeah. do you like sushi now? Oh, love it. I absolutely love it. I used to not at all. So that's why, but that was kind of the beginning of it because I remember telling Rachel, I was like, if we're going to Hawaii, for one, I was the one who paid for the, because... Uh, her family and my family kind of like they kind of came together to help pay for the wedding and everything else, um, and I so if you guys can help with that and you know that'd be great, um, but I'm like if anything want if anybody wants to help with like money and gifts and stuff like that, it would just be for the honeymoon. Everything's gonna go to the honeymoon, and so that's a good idea. Yeah, it was, so I saved for a little over a year just to try and get enough money so we could. For one, the tickets are obviously very expensive, and then like uh-huh. food for two people for a week in Hawaii for three meals a day is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine. But I was like, you know what? If we're here, like this is gonna be the, probably the best seafood that you and I are gonna be able to get mm-hmm. in our lives. So I was like, we are eating seafood. That is what we are eating, <laughs> and so that's what we did. Um, and I like the first night we actually got into Hawaii, so. We got there, it was around 12 or, you know, 1 o'clock, but, like, because of the time difference, it, it was actually, like, much earlier, or no, much later in the day, I think, because it's, yeah, so, because it's, 
yeah, we're going, we gain hours going west whenever we're doing that. So I think we landed, I think it was like four o'clock um, at home time, but then it was like only 12. And so I was like, yeah, we kind of already ate a little bit, you know, it's not yet dinner time for us. <clears throat> so we ended up walking around and then we checked into our Airbnb later. <clears throat> and then the, I think the first meal I remember getting was the sashimi thing in this like restaurant on like right on the ocean. It's like right there. Nice. Yeah. But it was like all the hotels and everything, all the restaurants are like, it's basically just outside just open because it was on Maui. So uh-huh. Maui's not a very big island anyways. So, okay. um, and so most of the touristy places that have a lot of restaurants and things like that, um, you can go to more local places, but places that have like nice restaurants, you can all touristy. And they're almost all kind of like in that open setting, like even like the the windows in the Airbnb or the B&B that we're in, there's just like wooden slats that like don't fully like close close. So there's like decent gaps in the windows of like, and so they're just like, cause everything's so balmy. Like you kind of just have, it's like very open. Like the air is very open. Everything's kind of windy and breezy. Nice. Um, it was, it was really nice. And granted, like you can still cool off if it was hot, you can kind of close it and it kind of mostly shuts the air and doesn't have too much an airflow. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really, really cool experience. And when I was there, um, I loved eating sashimi and that was like, I, I was like, well, we're here. And my first meal there, I had this big ass plate of sashimi nice. and it was so good oh, oh yeah, god it was so good uh, did you have you had lunch not yet dude i was i was like i hope you get lunch before you came here because i was like okay oh, man well what do you do you have any plans after this or no dude we should go to grab something to eat if you're cool with that yeah. be cool because there's like there's a sushi place have- sushi on it Oh, have you eaten yet? Yes. Oh, no, I, I did eat, yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, because I hadn't eaten anything, and typically I have a protein shake in the morning. Okay. And then I have a snack, and then I have another protein shake. Nice. Um, so, I'm very used to eating stuff. And then I didn't, <laughs> I didn't eat anything since last night at, like, 8 o'clock. And so, then it was, like, because I left at, like, 8.30, and then got home at 11, and passed out on the couch. <laughs> um, and then woke up, had coffee, and then didn't eat until one o'clock so i had had a long gap in my food digest or ingestion time so um yeah we definitely get something to eat after this for sure but um recently i've been trying to do omad OMAD. which is one meal a day oh okay uh except i didn't do that this morning because i had mango yeah yeah but usually i just or the last few days mm-hmm. I've been trying to do this just mm-hmm. um, don't eat breakfast or lunch and just eat a dinner mm, okay. in the evening. Nice. Do you usually have it like kind of mid to late afternoon or yeah, early evening? Yeah, like five. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so growing up, did you ever have um, like did you have dinner around five or six or like when did you have Yeah, dinner? five or six. Okay. So <laughs> I, I was very vivid memory of this one time my mom tried to get me and my sister to eat at like five or five thirty, and me and my sister were like what are we doing and my mom was like guys we're trying to eat dinner i was like why are we eating dinner so early <laughs> like six thirty or 7 like we always ate later i don't know what it was and so like, I remember my mom was, like, trying to get us. She tried for a few nights in a row. And me and my sister made the biggest fuss about it. So, like, what are we doing? And it's, like, because my grandparents always ate at 5 or 5.30. And I was, like, we're not old, mom. 
And she was like, guys, regular people eat at 5 or 5.30. I was like, no, grandma and grandpa eat at 5.30. <laughs> so I was always used to like eating later. And I remember we made such a fuss about it. And I was like, now I look back, it's like, no, we just ate late. I just realized, like, and, but granted, that's kind of my mode now, too, because, like, Rachel doesn't get off until 6.45 or 7. So oh, then, really? like, I don't, so even if I'm making dinner, I'll either start making it just before she gets off, and then I'll finish it when she gets home, or I'll start when she gets home. Okay. So we usually don't eat until 7.30 or 8 sometimes. So that makes it a little bit harder for, like, hey, like, let's go out with, like, another couple or something and, like, go have dinner with them. It's like... Well, maybe they don't want to eat dinner at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so we can, like, go out and, like, grab drinks with somebody, but then we'll usually get an appetizer because that's, like, usually our dinner. So, but, no. Nice. Yeah. So did you... No, I think I've asked you this. You did grow up in Oregon, right? Yes. And you grew up in Oregon City. I grew up in Milwaukee. Okay. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty so, close to Oregon yeah, City. Yeah. So for you, like, having grown up here, because, like, my experience of Portland, you know, just growing up, um, knew almost nothing about it. Um, I heard about Seattle because of um, the Steel or the not the Steelers, the Seahawks, mm -hmm. so the football team. Um, I heard about Portland, and I heard Portland and Seattle were very rainy. Yes. And that's basically all I knew about it. And then, like, obviously, fairly recently, the past few years, like with the uh, George Floyd stuff and all that was happening and just very, a lot of political turmoil and social unrest and a lot of things happening in downtown Portland. Um, just seeming like that was just kind of the norm of like the area. Um, have a very, very limited window of how life out here has actually been and how it's developed. So like my perspective is like, whoop, like very small. Oh, it's like limited the past like few years, and then like my very brief and tiny exposure as a child of it being rainy, and that's it. So like having grown up in like a suburb of Portland, basically, like how have you seen this area, I guess, change and develop like in your time here? Well, I think it it has been a fairly regular hub for political protests. Okay. Because there was definitely the big Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm protests this summer uh last summer yeah um and then i remember a number of years ago there were there were the wall street protests okay Do you remember that i don't okay so <laughs> i don't remember what it was called but it was uh -huh. against wall street is it whenever they all got bailed out like they gave like the wall street like you know 100 or 350 like billion dollars to like basically pay off their debt so that way they didn't go bankrupt? I don't remember what it was. Okay. This was yeah. when I was, like, in middle school, I think. Okay. Well, and you're 23, 24? 24. Uh -huh. 24, yeah. Yeah, because your birthday was just the other yeah. day. Yeah. there you go. Uh, happy belated birthday Thank again. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so middle school, let's say, let's, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to do math. Well, let's say it was about 10 years ago. Mm, 11. Let's go. You think like you were like 6th or 7th grade? You think? I, I don't know. Okay. Let's say, yeah, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. So, so that would be... 2022, right? Yeah, so 2012. Like, 2011, 2012. Man, I don't know what that... Well, because I guess there was like the tea party. Like, I know there was like, oh man, like, 
outraged at the tea party for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> It was like the 99% against the 1%. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yes, okay, I totally remember good, that. Good. Yeah, yeah, everyone's making a deal about like, oh, man, like the top 2% or the top 1%, yeah. And like the higher up you go, like the top like 0.5% controls like most of it, and then like you go like the next 1% controls like slightly more, and then like, and then it just, it trickles down a lot because it's like extremely top heavy once you go to the top, and then it like really falls out, like yeah. really falls out, like soon after that but the interesting sorry I don't you, go back you're not asking about that so it was a political hub for things yes yes um, but the everyone has noticed that the homeless problem has gotten much worse okay it's always been here but it's mm-hmm. definitely gotten worse these mm-hmm. last few years mm-hmm. um, yeah mm-hmm. but I didn't live by that too much yeah um, in Milwaukee, where both my parents grew up in Milwaukee, too. Okay. Hmm. Um, a little off topic, but what do you think about UBI? UBI. Universal Basic Income. Oh, okay. Do you think that would solve some of the homelessness? You know, um, I don't. I don't think it would solve homelessness. Um, I, I think that it would give... I think if you were to work on solving homelessness first and then institute UBI, I think that would be a great idea. Um, But I think just giving people money when they're already kind of living as they are without necessarily needing to change anything, um, that doesn't facilitate change to me in my mind. Like like if I could just live on the street and get, you know, a thousand to $1,200 a month just living on the street, um, like, people don't realize, like, if I have a tent on the side of the road, like, $1,200 goes a lot for food per month. Like, you can easily live off that for a month. Uh-huh. Um, granted, you're not going to be eating the best food, and you're not going to be living the high life, but you very easily could live off that for a month if you didn't have housing and rent and all kinds of, like, other extra things to pay, and you didn't have to pay for, like, uh, you know, for people that have, like, a storage container, like, if they have extra stuff for their house or... They don't have, like, multiple cars you have to pay for. Like, all that stuff adds up a lot. And so if you take those big chunks of things out, like, even, like, health insurance, like, if you give people health insurance, you give them income, and you just say you can live wherever, then you kind of, like, there's not really any an incentive to, like, do anything because you can just exist and put money back in the system and get it right back, you know? Um, but I think if people were to actually have... Um, a basic income provided for them um, on the grounds that they're at least working or maintaining a household um, and as well trying to contribute in other ways, um, then I think it would be fine. Because I think you could even get like a very, very basic job. Like let's say you're um, working part-time bagging groceries. Like you're working 15 hours a week. Like you can't live off 15 hours a week, but you have universal basic income, but you also have that extra income to help, you know, cover what that income doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you still can live securely without necessarily needing to feel like, man, I need to work three jobs just to maintain the expectations that everybody has for me. Um, or to have the expectations that the Western world has established as normal. Um, so I'm not against it at all, um, but I think that it would be, it would, it would be more detrimental to implement it before 
before actually working and taking big steps in solving the homelessness problem first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important that people work or maintain a household Mm -hmm. too before receiving that. Yeah. Well, it's like, have you ever looked at and under, like, I don't know, like looked into how much, specifically with California, because they're like the most egregious out of everybody, but like how much they're spending to try and like build housing or like they're putting into the system to be able to try and solve homelessness? No, I haven't. Okay. So... Like, and I don't know how it's up here. I mean, do you know how much money, like, Portland puts into, like, homelessness? I have or no idea. No idea? I don't know. I have no idea out here either. I mean, that'd be good, yeah. I mean, um, so Joe Rogan Podcast has a guy that does that, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just a poor man's Joe Rogan, apparently, um, with Christians, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so. For my, I, like, to me, like, I never really thought about the homelessness issue, like, about, like, who is doing what to fix it, you know? It's just like, man, it just seems like a weird issue. Like, I don't know if anyone's actually making progress towards it or if anyone's focused on it or if anyone's even spending money towards it or if they're spending a lot of money. Like, I had no perspective on it, like, at all. And then the more I've, for one, just heard and listened, especially on, like, Joe Rogan's podcast and different people, like, and some of the guests he has on that they're main focus is trying to solve the homelessness problem and the issues. Um, it's amazing how much money actually goes into trying to solve the problem in like mostly just LA, which is a majority of the problem in California. Um, but like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So this says that, um, the homeless money spent on the homeless crisis since the emergency declaration has been 286.4 million in Portland. Oh, dang. Wow. Dang. And when was that? When was that established? Or when 2021. Was this was as of 2021. Oh, my gosh. So, literally, since last year? Or was... No, no. This is, it was reported in 2021. Okay. Let me see when the emergency declaration was. That is a good question. 2015. So from 2015 to 2021, so basically six years, uh-huh. there's been 200 and some million dollars. Right. Dang. That's insane. So, man, that's crazy. That is a lot of money. It is. Well, that's the crazy thing. It's like since 2015 to now, I mean, like, in your it's opinion. It's gotten worse. I was going to say, I was, yeah, has yeah. it gotten worse? Yeah, has it gotten worse? Well, so, and that's one thing that people are saying, especially with California, is the budget has actually gone up and up and up every single year with California specifically, at least in L.A., I should say. In L.A.'s budget, they spend, like, I think, they want to say it's, like, now it's, like, $480 million just on homelessness, which is insane. That is a crazy amount of money just to put towards that. And there's, like, 100000 um, or not 100000 I want, maybe, no... I don't I don't know how many uh, homelessness homeless there are in LA specifically, but I think they have two thirds of the state's homeless people are in LA County, like the whole like wow yeah, and the rest okay. of it's spread out everywhere else. And I know San Francisco has a lot of it as well uh-huh. um, because that both like especially San Francisco apparently is known for being like very accommodating to those things. But uh, I want to say that like it. It like used to be close to around two hundred million, which is already a crazy amount of money. But I know they like basically doubled it since then 
like, and it's just gotten more and more and more. But there's like a lot of it spent in like the bureaucracy of trying to solve homelessness, which essentially you're building businesses around a problem, which means like if you solve the problem that the businesses are no longer necessary, so all those people are out of work. So instead of trying to solve the issue, you're kind of just trying to put a Band-Aid on it. And, and a lot of times when you're trying to put a Band-Aid on it, you're just making the problem worse. So it just ends up causing like, it's like, like sugar is very bad for cancer, but it's like, if you have cancer, you should stop eating sugar. But then you're like, well, you know, if we have, you know, a bigger cancer thing, we probably have more to work on. So you just keep eating sugar. And it's like, that's not helping you. That's doing the opposite. Like you don't need more sugar in your system. You need to like figure out how to get rid of the cancer, you know? And it's kind of the similar thing. That's a horrible analogy to make for homelessness. That's like god awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like it's the same issue of like you're thinking you're solving the problem by just throwing money at it. But like there's plenty of money. It's just it's being misallocated. It's mm-hmm. being misused. And a lot of like times that just means that the homeless problem gets worse. And so it doesn't actually help anybody and things just go nowhere. So um that's where I think if we actually had reasonable I think governance and politicians that wanted to really solve it and not just say I'm throwing more money at it, then I think that would be a much better step in the right direction, which I think would then open the door for universal basic income. Because I think then it would be much more of an actual expectation that people can hold on to and not think is outrageous. Because it's like, hey, our government's actually done something right and helped these people get back on their feet. And now that they're back on their feet, we can actually help them continue on in life and we can help everybody because then we're not blowing hundreds of millions of dollars on homelessness. Now we can allocate that money that we were spending to this atrocity that's going on in our country to now actually utilizing it to help maintain a healthy lifestyle for people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or even subsidizing like healthier food, you know, and subsidizing or, you know, uh, allowing people to have like, yeah, I guess subsidies for like gyms, you know, like for just being able to go and be active and like investing more in like outdoor recreation. Like those are all things I think could very much benefit, um, I don't know, the whole daily life of the country, but I think the government doesn't want to spend money on that, so. Is it outside? It is. Dang. It's a truck. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I don't know if that's like inside, because I know, oh no, the smoke alarms are like beep beep and so smoke like, alarms are much louder they well I was like I wasn't sure if we it was like in the next apartment over but then I realized we're on the corner and I only share one wall so oh yeah. that's nice yeah so there you go cool so um yeah so that's kind of the interesting thing is like the homelessness issue has gotten worse since you've gotten older like I don't know because it just seems like coming in it's just something that's been there you know, mm-hmm. um, and I've never been to, well, I've been to L.A., but I've never seen kind of like how bad it, false. I've been to L.A. and I've seen part of like Skid Row and things like that um, whenever I was like, but I was like 11. Okay. So this was like 15 years ago. <laughs> so it's not like it's, I don't know what the state of it is now. And I've heard it's gotten much, much worse. Um, so it's just kind of interesting having perspective, like you've grown up here, you know, you kind of understand what it's like. And then as a newcomer, I'm kind of just like, huh. A lot of homeless people, like there everywhere. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, why? What makes you bring up uh, UBI? Like, oh, it just popped into my head. I was just, yeah. 
yeah. just wondering what you thought about it. Mm. Well, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a good idea. Mm. And especially, I mean, I, I think that if we don't raise the minimum wage, we have to do something else. Mm-hmm. Because many people just don't have enough to live on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, rent is so high. Oh my gosh, yes. How much is your rent, if you don't mind me asking? Um, here, it's with pet rent, and after it being raised for the year, um, it's uh, $1,110. Wow, that's, that's actually not bad. It's very good. So, Rachel and I, when we moved here... Um, because, so I <clears throat> took the job um, with the church uh, before I even had a place out here. So uh-huh. I was like, cool, I'll be out there as soon as I can. And so I basically packed up my stuff. I sold what I could, and I packed what I could into a U-Haul trailer and moved up here. Uh, and we stayed with a family from the church that basically uh, had remodeled their um, the attic. The you know, one, one above, right? Uh-huh. So they remodeled that and like put stairs from the outside up into it to make it like its oh, own small apartment. Nice. <clears throat> it's basically just a studio apartment, but it was really nice. It had its own kitchen. Like it was such a good setup. Um, the only thing is, you're living above somebody's garage, and like they're partially in their kitchen, so they hear everything you're doing. You like if they're walking around, or you, like you can hear them in the kitchen talking. So it's not like you know the nicest place, but it's also like. It was a free place to live for you know, a few months just to try and get on our feet. Um, and we spent that time just looking for apartments that were two-bedroom, that were within a reasonable price range that allowed pets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw a ton of places. And most of them, um, especially in Oregon City, were all at least $1,200. Mm-hmm. And that was for a one-bedroom that didn't allow pets. Okay. So we realized that, okay, that we had to kind of widen our scope at that point because most places didn't have rent that we could afford because at that time it was also just my income too. Okay. And I didn't know when Rachel was going to work. So it was like I had to pay for the car, gas, groceries, and as well as pet pet rent, our rent, and like utilities and everything just on my income. I was like, we got we to gotta live on rice and beans for a while <laughs> if we're going to be paying that much because it was like even if it's $1,200 for just a one-bedroom with no pet, you still have utilities and the other stuff that you have to factor in right. that makes everything so much more expensive. So I so, was okay, what can we afford? And so then we ended up widening our search. We were looking in Milwaukee. Um, there was a, a place in, I think it was, yeah, I want to say it was in Oregon City. It was like this tiny little house actually, but it needed, it like badly needed to be renovated. Like it was like really, really bad. And I think it was around like 900 or 1100 a month. Um, just to start, and I was like, okay, that's reasonable. And it's like, it's a house, um, but like walking in and looking at it, it was pretty rough. Um, and especially when I look back on it, I'm like thinking about that place. It's like, yeah, the place is probably not good. It probably was not a good place. Um, Rachel didn't feel super good about it, and I didn't feel super good about it. Um, I think, in, just in my mind, I've always kind of had an attitude of like, you just got to suck it up. You know, like uh-huh. it was like, hey, this is a place we can afford. This, like, we got to just suck it up. Let's take a year. Let's let's do a year. That's it. Um, but you know, um, I also can't just be like again. Can't do that if somebody else doesn't feel comfortable. Like if Rachel, my spouse, does not feel comfortable with that, I can't force everybody to be like, "Hey, we're sucking it up." Period. Uh-huh. You know. So we can do that to a point. You know. You know. Either spouse can be like, "Hey, you know, we kind of have to go with it." And be like, uh, fine. <laughs> but not not with something that big. Um, 
So we kept looking and kept looking, and then uh, we found this place, and it was like a really kind of whim thing. We called the property manager, and we're like, hey, um, we saw this. When can we like do a visit? And they're like, how about tomorrow? I'm like, sure. And so then we like literally, I like told my boss at the time, um, well, he's still my boss, Bruce. Um, told Bruce, I was like, hey, Rachel and I are looking at an apartment tomorrow, um, so I kind of have to take some time during the week. He's like, dude, it's part of your job. Find a place to live. <laughs> he's like, just go. Find a place to live. So we get here. We check it out. And I was like, dude, this place is like really nice. And like there was like kids playing. Because it was also in the middle of COVID, too. I mean, this was like 20, or, yeah, 2021. Uh-huh. So like there was like no sign of vaccines anywhere. So Oh, no, this is still 2020. This is like, uh, no, it was beginning of 2021 because it was January. Um, and so we're like just in the middle of everything. Vaccines aren't even a thing yet. Like they're still talking about, you know, masks and everything. And, um, so checking things out and I was like, okay, the floors are a little bit creaky, you know, and they are, still are. Um, I was like, but you know, there's decent carpet, you know, the walls are well painted. There's decent storage for everything. And it's like, we don't have very much stuff. And it's like, and they allow pets. Plus we have a balcony and like during the day it's like nice and sunny. I was like, and there's a pool. I was like okay like i can like and rachel and i were both like this place is pretty nice mm-hmm. um and the re- rent was reasonable and then we're like okay hey when are you looking to have somebody move in and they go um as soon as possible and i was like shoot it's like rachel was like this place is like the perfect place it's like not super far away but it's kind of far away was it wasn't what we were really hoping for so we wanted something to be close by so we can have kids over and things like that um but we realized if we're able to find a place that's affordable, that's within driving distance, mm-hmm. we should just jump on it. Right. You know? Especially now. Like, now that I look at what place that we got now, it's like, for that price? Are you kidding me? Because yeah. um, when we first got here, it was only 1070 and it was uh, 25 for uh, pet pet rent. Um, and so then it was like uh, just 1090 1095 mm-hmm. um, So then obviously it raised it another uh, 25 bucks or something like that. So, um, or $15 or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, so then it's only been a marginal raise in price, um, for just the next lease that we have. Um, and it's, it's been a really good place ever since, you know, no. only thing is like sometimes the neighbors a little bit me, you know, but I think it's any apartment complex, you know, as it's that is, but other than that, it's been great. So yeah. And I agree rent, especially looking at the economy and stuff is like insane to think about and yeah. getting back to what you were talking about you know, with minimum wage and it not being high enough like yeah i don't know if you don't have like at least one or two roommates like i don't know how people can afford rent on minimum wage i have no mm-hmm. idea so yeah yeah no i think um when it comes to ubi i think well i mean what do you think is more likely to happen though that they would raise the minimum wage or approve universal basis universal basic income i think Raising the minimum wage would be more likely. Mm. I think that they would not... A lot of people would be against mm. handing out basically free money yeah. to everybody. That's fair. Yeah, that is that is pretty hard. And the thing is, like, um, a lot of my politics in general, like, I lean fairly conservative, eh, I guess-ish. But I'm very, like, middle of the road on a lot of stuff. And, like, that's where I would say, like universal basic income like that's not really a left or a right-leaning idea that's hardcore like a very much a liberal or left-leaning perspective to have but i like i don't think that's a bad thing like Mm -hmm. if 
if it's managed and taken care of in a reasonable way, then right. totally fine with it. But that's where it's like my right side of like, I don't trust the government to actually do that very well because <laughs> the government handles very few things very well. Um, but you know, God willing, like we were able to have, we're, we were able to have a reasonable way to collect that from our taxes without it necessarily spiraling the economy very bad. I would 100% be for that because I think, like, if it's within reason, you provide people just even as a basic money, to, like, I mean, like, paying for health care. Like, let's say you give everybody 500 bucks a month just to pay for health care. Like, that's a decent amount of money to, like, put towards a health care plan per month. It's like some people you can, I mean, I could get healthcare for Rachel and I, I mean, it'd be like the cheapest possible plan, but like it'd be like 300 bucks a month for the both of us. It's like, that's pretty cheap healthcare, but we still have it. So let's mm-hmm. say 500 bucks a month for two people. That's not unreasonable. That's a good amount of money. And then, then, then you still have a, <coughs> a PPO, <coughs> like a PPO or a POP or a PCP plan. <coughs> Man. Um, but you still have all those different options for like private providers. Um, and like you can still privatize the industry so we can still have the infrastructure that we have of like nice healthcare with like getting appointments more quickly and you can still talk to your doctor on the phone, all that jazz. Um, so you still keep the benefits of the current healthcare system that we have without needing to like make it a bloated government system that's like, you know, over bureaucratized and it's able to be privatized and still be efficient enough to like work for the people. But we're not slaving just to try and have health care you know I don't know that would be I think that would be an easier thing yeah, to do that's too a good idea yeah but I'm not in charge Amanda <laughs> <laughs> so what is what does Sarup think of uh, have you talked to him about universal basic income or no no I haven't hmm. do you guys like I don't know because like I don't know for me and Rachel like we don't really get super in depth with a lot of political stuff you know it's kind of just like I mean we've been together for six years um, and we talk about politics and stuff like that, but like, um, Rachel's not super invested in it. And I also, I just get frustrated with it most of the time. Uh-huh. That's kind of where I'm like, dude, like we can talk about it. Like you and I can sit here and talk about it all day. And it's like, Hey, I think that's a great idea. And it's like, I think it's a great, I don't think it's that hard. And it's like, well, that's what that's ending. <laughs> Cause I can, I can call my local representative and I can, talk to them and I can pick it in the streets but like I'm only like one person you know and I think it's it takes a, a momentum of a lot of people moving in the same direction in order to be able to do that and I don't know like from my perspective if there's a lot of people that are moving in the same direction anymore you know everything seems very scattered but that's why it's kind of hard for me to sit down and have a conversation with Rachel about it because we're kind of like well okay we can talk about it but I was curious if if you and Sarup ever talk about very many political things or stuff like that. No, we don't really. Hmm. Do you like to talk about that stuff? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Amanda. No, it's fine. I I don't dislike it. Yeah. I just it's just not something I talk about very much. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I think most people don't really necessarily enjoy talking about it. I think for me, I enjoy listening and I enjoy having kind of a dialogue about it. But at the same time, like. I think if that was all I ever did, I'd be pretty frustrated with it. So if it was like something that I did on a regular basis, I'd be like, eh, we've had this conversation about 20 yeah. times. But yeah. It just doesn't really, I don't follow it very closely anymore. Uh, I don't yeah. follow politics. Hmm. Did you used to? 
in high school, I was really into politics. I okay. thought it was like the most important thing. Okay. I started a political interest club. Oh, did you really? I did. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what what kind of f- like fizzled that interest, if you don't mind me asking? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I just, I think I see that I have less of an impact uh, mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Because I used to think like everyone needs to vote mm-hmm. and I need to vote in a way that's well informed. Mm. And I still think that's important. Yeah. Um, but also I'm just one person. Yeah. Yeah, that's, man. Well, I think, like, do you ever think about what it was like in, like, colonial times? Or, like, the early Americas? Not really. No? Well, because I feel like, you know, the towns were so much, like, the world was so much smaller for them. Yeah. Like, towns were, like, a few hundred people, and the other towns were a few hundred people. And, like... You show up to the town hall and you tell them your opinion. Yeah, and your local representative is right there. And uh-huh. you could go punch him in the face. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, man, Jim was so angry at Bob, but Bob got it. And it's like, oh, okay, let's restrain Jim. It doesn't mean to be a douchebag. This is a public square, okay? But like, now it feels... Also, you know, Amanda, I just, I, I just realized something. And I really hope that I... <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to check something on the computer. Because I really hope that this has not been... That Mike might not be recording. (laughs) Let me see what the input device is. Let's see. Output is... No. Speaker headphones. This is fine. The input's still the microphone. Okay, so we're good. All right. It was trying to input and export. Good. Um, but no, like the towns were so much smaller. That would have been really bad. That would have been really bad, dude. <laughs> you're like, hey, we just had, we like over an hour talking already, and you like just ruined the whole thing. Like, no. it's okay, it's fine. Um, but yeah, because like it was such a smaller world. So your local representative was right there, you know, and like you could go over to his house and knock on his door and say, hey, this is a really important issue to me, and like this is an important issue to me and all the other people that work in this town. Mm-hmm. So you need to bring that to them and tell us about that. Um, and now, like, we've gotten so big. Like, we're so much bigger than that now, especially in, like, a huge area like this, you know? We're, I mean, Portland's not that big of a city, but it's still just, like, it's so big that you can't just go down to your representative's office anytime you want. Like, they're, they got other stuff they're doing, but then, like, bureaucracy within that now is so complicated and convoluted from what it used to be too so now it just kind of becomes this like yeah you are just one person which sucks because that's not really how it should have been you know we i mean we were all were individuals and we had the individual right and the importance to vote but we had so much more influence as a people we could all communicate and talk about stuff right and now everything's kind of just so spread out you know yeah it's kind of interesting I don't know. I, was, I literally just just thought of that when you were talking about like you're only one person. And it's like, yeah, it kind of sucks today. And I was like, but what about back then? You know, the good old days. <laughs> but hmm, yeah. So you play guitar? I do play guitar. Um, I'm self-taught on all instruments that I play, but nice. so I'm pretty pretty rusty on all of it, really. 
Um, but I love music. I like, um, I don't know. It's, I don't know, like, at least for me, it's something that just when I'm like, I like really vibe with the song. Like, it's this, I don't know, I, when I was growing up, especially in high school, I used to like, well, middle school and high school, I used to just sit with like my little CD player and I would just like lay on my bed for like hours and just like listen to music and just like zone out and like really get into music. Nice. Yeah. So, I don't know if that was like just a, a, a weird thing that I did, but like music has always been very like impactful for me. Um, it definitely resonates with like, you know, how I'm feeling. Like if I'm not feeling a song, then I'm like, nah, I'm not about it. But if I'm like, if it, for whatever reason, sometimes it just strikes a chord and you're like, whoa, like that thing hits hard. <laughs> so I've cried at quite a lot of songs. I've also got very angry a lot of songs and also got really happy a lot of songs. So I don't think music has a very big impact on me. Music um, is powerful. It is. Do you, uh, do you play any instruments or? I play piano. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's cool. How long have you played piano for? Um, well, I played it from when I was five to when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And then I kind of stopped for a while. So I stopped playing it, like, officially. Mm, yeah. And then um, I think over a year ago, it, yeah, I think in 2020, I started mm-hmm. taking lessons again, mm-hmm. but then I stopped again, so <laughs> I haven't been playing for a while. Yeah. Do you feel like if you were to hop in front of the piano, you might still like kind of know your way around it? Oh, yeah. You yeah. never forget. Or I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, do you like do you have a reason for why you stopped again? Or Piano? Yeah. It got, it got expensive, ah. and I just wasn't in the place. And I was starting school. I got really busy with school. Yeah, that's life, dude, man. But I think I might mm-hmm. start it up again this summer, start mm-hmm. up lessons again. Yeah. Do you, uh, like, do you, do you do it just mostly for your own, like, your own whimsy, or, like, yeah. 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 yeah, and since taking lessons, I noticed so much improvement. Okay. Because before, I was just playing for fun, mm-hmm. Hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. But I wasn't improving. mm but my teacher is she's she's a good teacher she's worth it mm, it's good worth that money <laughs> yeah it is so it's actually interesting i had a student his name is neil and this little junior guitar right here um i got this from the youth room in the high school youth room in california when i was the middle school youth pastor uh-huh. and that guitar had been there in the youth room the entire time that i was there for you know about two years um And so towards the end of my tenure there, just saw the guitar, and I was with Neil, and Neil was playing on the piano, um, and he was a high school kid at the time, um, and he actually got certified in the state of California to, like, teach, like, music. Oh, you need a certification? Well, yeah, I think, like, he had to go through, like, I think to actually be a music teacher to understand, like, and be able to understand and teach music theory. I think you have to have some kind of... I don't know exactly what it was. This is how his mom explained it to me, so I should say this. That's how his mom was saying it. And Neil will downplay it a lot, but his mom was like, dude, like, no, he actually has, like, this, like, kind of crazy... He's, like, really good. Really? And he is. He... Neil is a freaking stud, and Neil, one day when you listen to this, because I'm going to make you listen to it, Neil, you're a stud. I love you, buddy. Um, He's currently in the Navy, um, but he's still, like... He plays guitar and bass, piano, um, 
I think he's definitely played the ukulele before. Uh, but he just understands music and music theory very well. He's crazy intelligent. Like, just out of this world smart. Just an awesome, awesome. And that's why you're talking about, like, piano. I think when you... And when he was explaining... Because he taught me guitar. And he taught me, like, kind of keys and different things like that a little bit. Um, he showed me on piano. Okay. And now, granted, I don't... If you were to sit me in front of the piano now and try me to walk you through what he told me, uh-huh. I'd be completely lost. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but he helped me to kind of like visually understand like where things are at when you're playing them, and like, hey, so you see this string, and you know it's it starts off at this note. This is like down here, you know, and then whenever you push on a um, a fret. Then it kind of moves it up a little bit, so it's a different note and a different note, and then like, and you but you're pressing on these all these different strings or notes at the same time. It makes different notes, so that's why it's like you can play one chord or like one string at a certain fret, and like that, hey, that's a G, mm-hmm. or you can like put like three or four strings like press down them at the same time, play all of them, and that's also a G. And you're like, whoa, like <laughs> so just understanding that is like kind of cool, and I think. Like, people that are able to play piano, like yourself, just understand music and, I think, understand keys a lot better than, I think, people that don't know that. Like, that's how I feel as someone who doesn't know how to play piano. I just, like, whenever he was explaining to me, it seemed like, whoa, like, it, it like, kind of literally lays it out in front of you. It's all there. And you're like, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's really cool. I, I, I actually used to play piano well I took piano for a little while and we stopped because we just weren't into it my mom was really mad that we stopped oh yeah she regrets it my sister regrets it I don't I don't necessarily regret it because I still like I still followed through with playing other instruments and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that but um, I do regret not understanding music theory nearly as much so that's a huge advantage I think like you piano players have that like like you said you're never gonna forget all of it which right. is really cool so did do you start that out of just your own passion, like when you were a kid, or no? Mm. My my parents wanted me to. Are your parents musicians? No. <laughs> Are they musical at they all? They sing in church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they sing on a Sunday. There you yes. go. That's cool. Are they good singers? <laughs> it's okay, mom and dad. Probably never gonna listen to this. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. That's They're hilarious. Ah. Well, honestly, that's like, you know, and I'm not gonna say I have a good voice because I don't think I do. Um, but I think I have a mediocre voice. I should say that. And the thing is, I think most people really don't have a good singing voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why when you hear somebody sing really nice, and you're like, I think everybody their head kind of turn, like your eyes light up. You're like, whoa, like hearing like that beautiful note come from somebody's mouth, you're like, wow. Like, yeah. I know, it's so unique. It's like something that like, it seems not unique because there's like, that's who we see. We see performers. We see all these people that are famous. We like go on you know, Instagram and you see all these people like playing and singing these beautiful things and you're like, wow, there's like so many talented people out there. But it's like, they're like 1% of the people that actually like pick up a guitar or pick up a you know microphone. So it's kind of interesting to see like, how rare that actually is and you can train your voice a little bit but for the most part people just some people just don't have a good singing voice it's kind of sad <laughs> but yeah yeah 
I was in choir too, and my sister is actually a choir teacher now. Oh, really? Yeah, she has a lovely voice. Mm. Is she older or younger? She's older. Older. How old is she? I think she's 26. Okay. Yeah, just two yeah. years. Yeah. Do you, is it just you and her? Just you yeah. Two? That's cool. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, I only had my one biological sister, Sabrina. Um, and then uh, my mom got married to uh, Chris later on. Um, and then I grew up with my sisters, Sabrina, Gabriella, and Victoria. And so Victoria is the oldest, Gabriella is the middle, and then Sabrina. Um, but I was, and then later on, <coughs> I gained other step-siblings. Um, and, but I've always been the youngest out of all of my siblings. And now I have, um, well, there's Samantha, Christian, uh, Vanessa, and then her husband now, Greg, um, Victoria, Robbie, Gabriella, Sabrina and then Jillian. Um, wow. Yeah. So I got all, all so I got nine now technically. Wow. Inclu- including in laws. So yeah, it's um interesting. It's uh I only technically only have like one like biological sister, but yeah, I've got a lot more other siblings. So nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because me and Sabrina are only two years apart. Mm-hmm. So and you're like, oh yeah, she's only two years. I'm like, oh, me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like? Being the baby out of you two, like, do you, did that ever cause a tension between you and your sister at all? Like, you being the youngest and her being, like, kind of the oldest and kind of taking the brunt of stuff or no? Um, I don't think it was her taking the brunt of things. I think it was mm. her doing things first. And uh, I didn't like that because she would always, like, tell me about them before I got to experience it. Oh, or okay. She'd tell me how to do it, and she would be the know-it-all. Ah, uh, you know gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you the type of person who likes you don't you kind of like surprises? You kind of just like to. I like forging my own path. Ah, uh, gotcha. So I think that led to me <laughs> craving more independence mm, as I got older, yeah. and I wanted to do things my way. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> I think. Um, I think I have a similar outlook and a similar desire, but I think for very different reasons. Um, I think I just like to be like rebellious. <laughs> I, I kind of have that like wild hair streak in me that I'm just like, everyone does this. It's like, I don't want to do that. And it's just like, there's no like rhyme or reason to it. I just have this like inclination to just like go the opposite way. Like just, and it's not even like in a very demonstrative way either. I'm like, I just like, Huh, everyone's going that way. It's like, I'm gonna go the other way. And everyone's like, Gabe, where are you going? It's like, just the other way. It's like, why? Because like, I wanna go the other way. Why are you going that way? It's like, Gabe, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just like, there's no, like, there's no actual, like, and like, sometimes I know I intend to do it just to be irritating to people. Like, I just know that's like part of like my personality. I know I, I kind of like to ruffle people's feathers just for whatever reason. Um, but then I also just, you know, for whatever, like, for whatever reason, just seem to want to kind of go against the grain for, I don't know, anything. So when I see a lot of, I think that's why, like, when I see a lot of people pushing one way or, like, moving one direction, like, whether it be, like, politically or socially, I'm kind of just like, hmm, I don't like that. Like, unless I'm already kind of in that camp and then everybody kind of joins in later, then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm okay with that. But if, like... Like, say there's a movie everyone wants... Okay, so, let's say the newest Spider-Man movie. 
Okay. Like all the Spider-Man movies. Every single time they came out, everyone's like, oh, you gotta go see it. Oh, it's gonna be great. And I was like, eh, no. Like, why? Nah, I don't know. I don't want to. It's like, I know they're a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and so they play a big part in that, and like, I like the Marvel movies, and I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I'm like, everyone's pushing me to go see it, I'm like, now nah, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, I'll be left out, I guess. <laughs> so have you seen any of them? Nope. <laughs> and like I well so part of it is like now because I think the hype is over I want to see the first one because <laughs> I'm just like I don't even know oh no I've seen the first one actually I did see the first one finally because I think Rachel and I we were looking for a movie to watch together and I finally was like well let's just you know watch that one you know I haven't seen it and I know it's part of the thing so I was like okay let's do it um, besides that I haven't seen any of the new ones but like I know some of the villains in them, um, especially the second one, um, I don't even know. Oh, is it Mysterio, maybe? I haven't seen them. Okay. Well, there you go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a reason for not seeing them? No. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. Yeah, I just haven't seen them. Mm. Are you into, like, are you into movies very much or no? Um, yeah. I mean, I like movies, but mm-hmm. I'm not into any genre or any, mm. any series. Mm. Really? Gotcha. Okay. Let's say top three movies of all time. Let's see, like your top three favorites. I really like Fight Club. Oh yes, Fight Club is so good. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, there's this movie called A Little Princess. Okay. It's uh, about this girl who's growing up in a boarding school, mm-hmm. and can I spoil it? That's fine. Yeah, you're good. So her dad goes to war, and okay. he gets hit with mustard gas. He loses his memory, but they think that he died. <gasps> so they make her like a servant, and she lives in the attic. And then eventually, one night, she's going to get arrested because they blamed her for stealing something. And then she runs into the other house next door, and there was her dad, <gasps> but he doesn't recognize her. <sighs> Oh my gosh. It's the most heartbreaking scene ever. Oh my gosh, I want to cry. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Dude, Amanda. Okay, so the thing is, like, I'm also, like, whew, doing great. It's okay. it's okay. I, like, oh man. Eventually, he remembers her. Oh, that's good. That's good. See, I'm also, like, okay, I am a sucker for, like, a really good storyline. Like, uh huh. But also, like, I like storylines that, like, rip my heart out. Like, something like that. You're just like, no. Like, you just, like, makes you feel horrible, but you're like, because it's so good, you know? It's just, like, such a, like, passionate, real thing that, like, I think that's kind of why I like really good music, too. Like, it just, like, brings out that raw emotion out of me, and I'm just like, yes. Like, oh. Okay, so A Little Princess. I'll show you that clip later. Yes, definitely. That, oh my gosh, that, oh, yes, okay. And, I don't know about my third one. Maybe, what's it called? I don't know. Um, I can't think of the name. Okay. Um, How's the story go? There's a man... And he's a little slow. Okay. And uh, it's, it's 
Tom Frank. Wait, is that his name? I have no idea. He's a famous actor. Okay. Uh, life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, Tom Hank. Tom Hank. Yes, you're talking yes. about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yes, so Forrest sorry. Gump. Yeah. Yes, the OG. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, you're talking about a friggin' roller coaster of emotions in that one. Yeah. He's, oh yeah. Oh, she's like, "What are you waiting for the bus for? It's right down that street." He's like, "What? Thank." Just runs over to her house like, "Oh my gosh." Ugh. Ugh. Oh man. Such a good movie. Those are, those are some solid choices, they dude. Are. Gosh dang. That's like three very different genres of movie. Gosh dang. What are your favorites? Okay, so I will say I suck at picking favorites. Okay. I am a very, very, like, I. you can ask me this today, and you can ask me it tomorrow, and I probably would have two different answers, because... I just I like I like so many things and like like my youth kids always make fun of me because like I'm like oh dude I love this song oh I love this song oh I love that oh I love that and I'm like because I just like I'm very passionate about things that I love and I love a lot of things so um, I would say man that is really hard favorite movies okay so there's one that will probably be fairly consistent for me and it's called About Time I've it, never heard of it. It is, believe it or not, I'm going to pull it out of this container right here, because all of my movies are in this container. Um, it is this one right here with Julie, I don't know if it's Julie Roberts. I don't, is that, no. Is that her? Is that Julie Roberts? No. No. What's her name? I've seen that movie at least eight times, so. Oh, I've seen it. Yes. So, it's like he's the guy who, like, can, his... All the men in his family can travel back in time. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Easily one of my favorite movies of all time. Of all time. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. By the way, Rachel McAdams, if you ever listen to this, which I never you will, you are a very attractive woman, and you are amazing in that movie. So stay yourself, woman, because you're doing great. Um, and that actor, I don't know his name, um, Whatever his name is, he was in the latest Star Wars movies. Um, was he really? Yeah, he was in the, in the newest series of them. He ends up becoming like the, I don't know if he's the Galactic General or something like that. I forgot his name. I'm not really super into the newer uh, Star Wars movies, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, that movie gets me every time. I cry almost every time I watch it. Easily, I'm a crier too. Like I'm just like wearing my heart in my sleeve without even a second's hesitation. And how he has to pick between his child. And his sister. I know. It's horrible. And it's like they... And then like at the end with his dad. Oh. Uh, that's... Oh, uh, it gets me every time. And granted, like... So, like, I grew up without a dad. Um, I'm sure I've told you this before. I mentioned it in group. But, like, growing up without a dad, I never really thought it was that big of a deal. I don't really think it's like... I still don't necessarily think it's like a massive thing. Um, but I'm realizing a lot of ways... That like it's had a un, un, uh, unexpected effect on me in different in like smaller ways. So like for one, that that story is very related to a boy and his dad, and like the relationship that he has with his dad and how um, he kind of develops his life and finds all these amazing things. And but then he like you know can't go back eventually. You know he can't like he's so close with his dad and he's been able to experience all these awesome memories with him and do all these different things. But he can't eventually go back with him. He has to say goodbye. And it's like this really, 
powerful thing and like they get to share memories together and stuff like that um you know like i can still have plenty of those with my mom you know i think like a relationship between like a uh a father and a daughter and then a mother and a son i think like those are very unique relationships that like for whatever reason they're just a little bit different you know um Mm -hmm. and so i i think i got the better end of the stick you know when it comes to like having a single mom raise me um, especially considering what my dad is, but um, in terms of like unexpected things that kind of happened or like effects it's had on me, um, there was one thing I was thinking about with my with Rachel um, was I was sitting down talk with her and I was like, you know, like when I think about having kids, like I don't know what it's like to like have a normal dad, like I don't know what dads do because like I've never had a dad when I was a kid. Um, I don't know how dads act in the morning. Like, I don't know how, like, what's normal for dads to just, like, like an adolescent dad in the household does. Um, so that's, like, something that's, like, I didn't think about that until literally, like, a month ago. And I was like, huh. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would do. Like, I just don't know how I would be with a kid. You haven't had that example. No, never. And, and like... I've had my grandpa in the house, or, like, at his house, but, like, he's been, like, 50 years old my whole life. <laughs> so he's been, like, someone who's been way older than me for a long time. So it's hard to say, like, oh, yeah, like, that's, you know, what a dad does. It's, like, no, something grandpa does. Like, I've seen a grandpa. Like, I've seen a grandma. I've seen a mom. I've seen an aunt. I've seen an uncle. But, like, I've never had, like, a dad in the house that I can, like, because my mom was married to Chris for a long time, or a few years, I should say. Um, and we visited him on the weekends, but, like, it was a very different relationship. Like, it wasn't stable. He wasn't there all the time. I wasn't living with him all the time. And eventually, like, we stopped seeing him. Um, so it's kind of like this, huh, well, that's, like, from, like, 11 years old on. Like, <laughs> so from, like, you know, four to about six, Hat was living with him and, you know, I don't really remember that very much. And then 6 to 11 was sparse, if best. And then 11 to now, it's like, still don't know what that's like. <laughs> so it's kind of this interesting um, dynamic to think about, like, you know, like when I see, like, suburban dads walking with their kids, I'm like, huh, I wonder what their life was like. See, I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's probably why that, that movie specifically touches a big thing in my life and I, and I think that's more of a very recent revelation for me just like thinking about like how meaningful it is but I think it's like it's a love story also from a man's perspective I think yeah it's like it's a very lovey-dovey romantic movie but it's like the guy being the one who's like gets to be like gushy over the woman and like chasing after her and like being able to like have the excitement of starting that relationship and, and being able to experience that through through a, a man's side is interesting because like that's how my life is you know it's like I've always been a very lovey-dovey unfortunately chasing after women a lot <laughs> and so it's like and it's like I still had a lot of feelings for even if I was chasing after a lot of girls I still had very strong feelings and so it's like it's interesting to see like now as a married man like being like, like get able to look back and like oh that like cutesy time you know when you're still dating and enjoying everything and, and kind of that excitement of stuff and um 
and obviously like we talked about earlier like having a family and having kids and like you know you get to see that in that movie and like see this whole stage of life that they're going through you're like oh <laughs> so yeah I don't know I always just I really like that movie mostly because of that um, and on the flip side of that I love The Godfather okay love The Godfather I haven't seen it it's very long. It's a, it's a lot of dialogue, and it's kind of slower paced, and then it just gets, like, intense, um, which is kind of, I think, I don't know, I've enjoyed that a lot more as I've gotten older, like a slower paced movie, and then it just like, comes out of nowhere. Um, and as a, oh, man, dang, now I'm thinking of, like, the last one. I think of, like, any of the Quentin Tarantino movies I could put in there. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know many of those movies at all, like Kill Bill, um, Hateful Eight, um, Reservoir Dogs. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, you know any of those movies? You heard of any of them? I've heard of Kill Bill. Okay, yes. That was like his, one of his biggest ones for sure. Um, oh, Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I've okay. seen that. I've yeah. seen it. So that's, that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Okay. Very Quentin Tarantino-esque. Broken up storylines kind of like intense all of a sudden and then it's like seemingly calm and you don't know where you're at in the movie and there's like multiple plots going on at the same time and all kind of towards the end makes sense but it's still kind of confusing so I don't know and, and it sounds <laughs> you describe it very well well yeah it's it, and I think that's kind of why I like those movies because it's kind of all over the place but it's also like you have to pay attention you're like whoa whoa and it's like almost seemingly like uh, like Fight Club too like mm-hmm. there's like there's this underlying storyline happening. There's things going on in the background. You're like, what is going on? Like, is like, what's happening? It's like, no. And then you're in the end. You're like, it's him. He's both. Like, it's like, oh. So yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm gonna limit it to that. How about that? I'll say about time. The Godfather and then the Quentin Tarantino movies. Because <laughs> I cannot pick a favorite. Okay. So, yeah. Would you say you like a slower or a faster paced movie? Like. Faster. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm. Well, I think I mentioned in the group. There's a there's a, a movie called Belfast. Uh huh. Um. That I don't. Have you seen it or no? I have not. Oh, okay. I was like, you. Saw, I was like, oh, maybe you wouldn't saw it. Um. Like that one's like fairly kind of slower paced because it's kind of just like everyday life in Belfast, you know. But it's like everyday life during like the troubles whenever like there's a bunch of rioting mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like this one neighborhood that's kind of at a precipice of like we gotta figure things out like really gonna stay or we're gonna go because um, like we have to kind of make a decision and we're being pressured by like our community to figure out what we're gonna do um, and it's basically the story of this kid growing up in the middle of all of it um, it ends really sweet actually like turns out really well um, but it's kind of just this very kind of normal little kid you know he's just in black and white in Belfast <laughs> and you're like huh like it was a really cool movie and I actually really enjoyed that and it wasn't this like crazy action packed thing and it wasn't like this like the kid doing stupid stuff and getting in trouble it was just this kid living his life in this crazy time and that was it <laughs> um, and then there's Kill Bill where like people are getting their arms chopped off <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I don't know I think I kind of I'm all, I'm all over the board with my movies but like I think as long as it's an engaging story, that's all I really care about, you know, so, which is also why I like Godfather. I recently watched The Dark Knight. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. Oh my that gosh. That was really good. 
Yeah, no, I... So, did you only watch, like, the, the first Dark Knight, not, like, The Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Okay. Is oh. The Dark Knight Rises good? They're both amazing. Um, the okay. Dark Knight Rises is slower, and it's longer, for sure. Oh, really? Uh, longer? It is longer. That was already a long movie. Yeah, The Dark Knight was long, for sure. But, like, that one has so much going on in it that, it, like, at least somebody who loves the movie, I'm, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this part, can't wait for this part. Because there's a lot of setting up and, like, dialogue and... and background it gives to all the characters so it's you're not just like thrown into the jokers just there mm-hmm. like he's there but he's like this complex character that comes out of nowhere there's a lot of nuance to him there's a lot of dynamic stuff they put into him as a character um genuinely i still think he's the best joker like by far by a mile okay. um so i've yet because obviously the newest batman series that's come out um they kind of teased the joker in it um, but he's not, you know, a central figure in it at all. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do that later on. Um, but up to this point, I think the Dark Knight Joker with uh, Heath Ledger is by far the best one. Um, so, but because of that, like it, there was a, it was a long movie because they were putting so much into it. They did a lot also with um, the Dark Knight Rises. Um, there's just a lot of kind of setting up. Um, this big climax of realization of, of who Batman is and who he thinks he is and what he's not. And so that's kind of like, it's kind of this, because um, I mean, it is the final one of the trilogy for uh, Christian Bale's Batman. Um, and so it's kind of this really big, momentous thing that's building up to and building up to, and you don't know what's going to happen. And so there's, and but there's also kind of a lot of like, setting up of dialogue of side characters in the other one too which it's kind of interesting they set up a lot of side characters they never continued that little you know slew of things but it was really really good so I like I definitely like The Dark Knight better but The Dark Knight Rises is still up there with one of my favorite movies of all time so yeah I'll have to watch it then yeah I like and it's funny I like movie trilogies like love the Star Wars trilogies like the first trilogy and then you know the prequels and then Lord of the Rings, amazing, and then um, the Dark Knight. Obviously, she's sitting on the door. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I don't know. Those all those trilogies are just so so good for me. I don't know. But yeah. So I do like movies quite a bit. I also took film crit in high school. So Ooh. yeah, literally just analyzing like why do they have this and like let's look at the shot and how they design this and you know like. Why is this person bigger in this shot? It's like, what's the camera angle doing? It's like, why is the lighting in here like this? You know, breaking down like why a movie is the way it is and all this stuff. It's like that's fascinating to me. That sounds cool. I liked it a lot, um, and I also had a very rambunctious group of uh, friends that were girls that I got along with really well in there. Nice. Um, they were the squad, or they were yeah, we were all the squad, but they were Saturn's rings, so it was. I had a group of friends called the squad too oh there you go yeah. <laughs> that's awesome i uh i was so they were all saturn's rings and there was like the inner ring them uh-huh. and then i was on the outer ring because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was essentially like because they were all girls and they kind of had their own little like things as girls that they did together um but i was also there i was still a part of the group but it was like yeah but you're not a girl so it's like yeah that's fine like i'm just here with you guys and i end up being more like a uh, a brother kind of figure to a lot of them anyways so like my friend Maya Alicia um, 
Alex, Maddie, um, and then uh, there was another girl, Caitlin, who that didn't go well with. Um, but yeah, she was in it, and then I kind of started having a thing with her, um, and then she kind of got really weird towards me and the rest of the girls, and then she just kind of like disappeared. So I was like, oh, okay. And then when after that happened, I got officially moved into the inner ring. Oh. <laughs> so really catty high school stuff. So nice. <laughs> but, yeah. What was what was your like friend called the squat? What was that from? Just uh, we were all in speech and debate together. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Spanish class. And Spanish. There so it was me, Juan, Michelle, and Keegan. Mm-hmm. We were the squad. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So your group also only had one guy. Or was Keegan? Keegan. Keegan. There you go. Okay. So I, it's interesting. I sometimes, well, names are kind of interesting, I don't know, to me. Okay. Well, because, like, certain names, like, we assume are, like, kind of, like, a strong male or strong female name. And then there's, like, there's a lot of names that are kind of in between that, like, 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 Keegan. Like, I've, I've no multiple girls named Keegan. Oh, really? Yeah. But I also know okay. multiple guys named Keegan, too. Mm-hmm. Alex is also one of those names. Like, yeah. it could be Alexander or Alexandra or, I don't know, just Alex, you know, either way. Um, and I, you know, even, like, I don't know, I'm trying, now I'm blanking on another one. Jordan. Yes. You know, like, the name Jordan. It's like, like, Michael Jordan. It's like, that's what I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. But, like, I knew, like, multiple Jordans in high school. Like, one of them, we just called JoJo, and the other called Jordan. Uh, one was a volleyball player, and one was a basketball player. Um, and also, pretty sure she was married. Now she's married to a guy named Jordan. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because it was JoJo and Jordan, I'm pretty sure. Man, I, f- I forgot that was his name. I'm pretty sure it's his name. But anyway, she's in the military. They live in Hawaii now, so power to them. But, um, yeah. Hmm. So you had, you were in speech and debate? I was. Okay. So how did you like that? Oh, I loved it. It was a big Hmm. part of my life. I did Lincoln-Douglas debate. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. That's a morals and values debate. Oh, okay. And then I did parliamentary debate, which is Hmm. an unprepared, you just have 15 minutes, I think, to prepare before mm-hmm. the debate. And then I did some oratory speeches. Mm-hmm. And I did prose and dual interpretation, okay. which is like a two-person acting. And that's what I did with Juan. Okay. We actually made it to state. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I have, like, almost zero idea about speech and debate. Like, I have multiple kids that are, like, in. Oh, no. They were. Oh, yeah, Carter. I had a student, he was really into speech and debate. He actually went to the state, too. Um, so he was very, very into speech and debate. He was telling me all about it. And I was like, I don't know anything about that world, like, at all. So that's really cool. And oh, funny, it's fun. Funny enough, he's also very into politics, too. Well, he was, at least. I don't know where he's at now with it. But, like, very much was very into politics. Mm-hmm. And, like, was... His parents were also, like, into politics and connected with, you know, certain people in politics so like kind of higher ups and you're like oh okay cool okay <laughs> yeah I, I didn't like I was just sitting with this kid you know hanging out with him um, and then he's telling me about how like his parents have like I think a photo with like George Bush or, like his one of his oh, dad wow. like his dad has a picture of George Bush or something like that I'm like what 
Like, what? Are you, what? Uh, either, either that or Dick Cheney. Like, one of, like, the people, like, very, like, high up in, like, the government. And I was like, who are your parents? Like, <laughs> but, you know, he's a really good kid. He's very into politics. I think just because his family is and they just talk about it very casually in the house. It's just a regular topic of debate or mm-hmm. topic of conversation, I should say. Um, and he was telling me about speech and it was like, I don't know, like for you, do you feel like that has been a, a fairly big help to you in, in life and just understanding like those speech and debate things and how to prepare? Um, I don't, I think if I would have gone towards something like law or something mm-hmm. like that, it would have been helpful. Yeah. But I didn't. And mm-hmm. so uh, I would say the other thing it would help me with is probably by making me more outgoing mm. but I'm not very outgoing and I'm not very talkative Yeah. so I don't think it helped me mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good thing yeah so I mean like if you don't mind me asking like um, like Rachel is always seen as very quiet and always seem as not very seen as not very talkative mm-hmm. um but, like, I think that's a very limited view and perspective on a person when, like, you don't really sit down and talk with them. Because um, I think, like, for one, I think you're a very good listener, which, and I think Rachel's a very good listener, too. And I think you're, you're just not necessarily wanting to interject all the time or, like, blurt out an idea. You're kind of more of a, like, you listen and then you kind of process and then, and then respond. Uh, is that, like, a fair assessment of, like, kind of how you... Yeah, I think I'm a better listener than a talker. Mm. And I think I think it's along the right side of where kind of where Rachel is as well. And I think people, just because someone listens or isn't as quick to interject and stuff, people are like, "Oh, like you're so quiet." And it's like I think, like as somebody who I mean, you characterize yourself as that. Uh, but like, do you think? Do you ever get like I guess upset when people characterize you as that, or like kind of put you in that box right away, or no? Not really. No. Yeah, because I think it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like? This is more of like a. I guess a I, yeah, this is more of a personal question. But like, do you do you wish that you were more talkative at all? Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's such, it's such an incredible skill. Like you've got it. Sarup's mom has it. <laughs> it's like the ability to turn one little story or one little thing into like this 20 minute conversation yeah and i'm like when i say something it's just straight to the point i guess yeah i don't add maybe i don't add enough detail but i feel like i can't keep the conversation going on as long (laughs) as somebody else i think that's a real skill well i mean i will tell you i think for me a lot of it is more so that I kind of have a lot of thoughts and I I just, I'm a very verbal processor as well. Um, so I think I like to listen to others. I love to like listen and hear what's going on in their life. And so obviously like I work with kids and like I, you know, work with families and, um, for me, like in my profession, like I have to be able to sit and listen. I have to be able to understand where someone's at. Um, because otherwise if I'm just, talking and repeating things at somebody then it becomes this void of meaning because I can just say something but if it's not applicable to someone's life then it doesn't matter you know um, but I'm also very verbally processing things as well so I kind of tend to just blurt stuff a lot 
And so in terms of conversation, like, um, you know, if someone's not necessarily fully interested in something, sometimes I can kind of miss that they're not that interested in it. Like, I'm sure there's probably some stuff that we talked about today that you're probably like, okay, like, I don't really care that much about that game, but like, I probably went on, on it for a lot longer than you probably would have. Um, but it's just, so sometimes it's like, I can be ignorant to the fact that somebody else might not be that interested in it, but they're just being polite and listening. Um, and other times, like, um, it can be a very dynamic, engaging conversation with somebody, and I'm just kind of blurting and they're agreeing or they're like, have a different viewpoint on it, and then we kind of go back and forth with it. Um, but I think a lot of times it's more, at least for me, I'm not going to speak first group's mom, because she might be much more intelligent about how she interacts and talks to people. But for me, it's more of just like a um, allowing things to kind of just flow, you know? And I don't necessarily have as much of a, hey, what am I going to think of next? It's more of just like, I'm thinking, speaking at the same time, you know? I'm, and I don't think about, I'm not consciously trying to do both of them. I'm more just like, hey, I got a thought. I'm just verbalizing that thought now, you know? It's more of like a... Um, there's a lack of barrier between the like the thought and the it leaving my mouth, which usually gets me in a lot of trouble. So, <laughs> um, and it has very very often gotten me in a lot of trouble. Um, but I think it's I don't think it's necessarily a skill for me at least. Like it's just I think I just have a lack of a filter quite honestly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I also like I think I know you might have a. A desire to be more talkative because you're like oh yeah like that's a that's a cool skill to have yeah um i sometimes wish i like just understood like i wish i could read a room better sometimes you know like because sometimes i just don't i'm like kind of oblivious because i'm in my own space just blurting stuff out um and i miss things you know um and other times um i could be like solemnly quiet and people are like hey what's wrong i'm like nothing i'm just listening you know like at group like, usually on Tuesdays. The reason I ask other people questions is because, like, I can talk all day. I could literally take up the whole time talking, but, like, I don't want to be that person, you know? So it's, like, I want others to, like, communicate and talk and listen to their day. Um, the only other problem is is that some people just keep on talking. And I'm, like, I haven't heard from, like, Amanda or I haven't heard from Haley or have heard Suzanne or haven't heard from Fernando. <laughs> um and so it's like, I don't always get to hear how everybody's doing. Um, so that's kind of the unfortunate part is like, even if I'm quiet, somebody else might talk a lot too. Um, but that's why at group, I don't really like to um, talk about myself very much. Cause I feel like I talk a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that part of group going mm. around and finding out how mm. everyone is doing. Yeah. Well, like for me, like, cause I, <laughs> You know, I had approached Suzanne about it originally to kind of have a group for young adults, you know, um, but the desire to kind of have like a Bible study, you know, they sit and like, let's just like, let's study the Bible as a bunch, you know, young adults and just figure out and talk through life. Cause I feel like that, like we talk about life anyways at a Bible study, you know, like you're talking through something and you're like at the end, like, Hey, let's pray. Like what's going on in everybody's life. Mm -hmm. And you get that time to like invest and see where they're at spiritually to be able to like encourage and nurture each other whenever we're going through a hard time. Cause like we're supposed to, you know, like as Christians we're called to care for each other 
and do it in a way that's like infectious, you know, in, in a way that causes other people to be like, man, like I wish I had people in my life that love me like that, you know. Um, but I know the group is not very much like that. We don't study the Bible very much, um, which is as somebody who's like a youth pastor, like it kind of bugs me. But I also don't want to be like, like the the youth pastor who's like, hey, where's the Bible? You know. <laughs> well, I would be open to that. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be really cool if mm. we did that more. Mm. We only did it once. Yeah. Um, how do you think that went when we did it? By the way, like. I think it went fairly well. Yeah. Do you do you think it did it feel forced? No. Mm. Yeah. Not really. Mm. Maybe just a tiny bit. Yeah. That's that's my issue. Like in in that in in desiring that I don't want to be the the guy who's a loud talker who uh-huh. just forces things to happen. You know, cuz like then that ruins it for everybody else. Cuz then it's like Gabe just forces things to happen and makes what he wants to happen happen, you know. Um and like as somebody who is a fairly confident person. Well, outwardly confident but inwardly I feel like I'm, you know, an inch tall. Um, like I don't necessarily want to be a um, a wrecking ball unnecessarily, you know, because I, I don't want to just like be that guy who just walks in and says, we need to do this, you know, and like just because I'm loud and I can speak um, doesn't mean that I need to make things go the way that I think they should, you know, like I, I'd like to have um, a voice of reason and like have the people that are there with me, if they're if they're like all on board, then I will gladly take up the helm and say, "Hey, this is what we're here for." You know, that's what we're gonna do. Um, but if nobody else is feeling it, then I'm like, "Okay, I'll just step back." You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna do anything. Um, and I think that's kind of where I feel like at right now um, in our group. I don't I don't necessarily know. Um, how many people in our group are, are hungry for that? You know, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. I also haven't really taken a poll to ask, <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You, and let me ask you, I mean, I know you talked about like, you seem to be like, especially when you first, like when I, you and I first met, like mm-hmm. you ha- seem to have a very strong hunger for like that kind of Christian environment and a Christian group and people to be able to, gather around and come alongside as believers um and i'm just curious like do you still feel like you um like have that strong christian community because i know you were saying like you were able to pray with like other i don't know you were talking you talked at group that you'd had time to pray with different people and i wasn't sure like if that was like with friends at work or where that was happening but yeah at school at school gotcha so because my school is a christian school. oh okay oh yeah the jerk box right multnoma Monoma. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I've gotten so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that that has added a lot of value to my schooling that mm-hmm. I've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, definitely went to a secular school, so um, grew up with secular friends. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but. Yeah, I always went to public schools, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt like the outsider being a Christian, mm-hmm. because sometimes things got brought up, um, and I was that. I was just the outsider. Mm. See, I like, I was, I was like the stereotypical kid who lived two lives, you know, like at church, like everyone was like, man, like Gabe's so on fire. Like 
I really did love the Lord. Like that was like there was never a question about that. Um, but it was like I also lived as worldly as I could have been whenever I was outside of church. So um, I was kind of had my foot in both camps and really didn't um, didn't fully live for the Lord for a long time, even though I was a professing Christian and like we still talk about church and talk about the Bible and talk about Jesus and. You know, I would like bring my my Bible to school every now and then, and I would pray and uh, I would talk to people about Jesus and bring up stuff all the time. So it was like still a part of my life, and I was still like even my Christian friends were very encouraged in their faith by me, um, which I've learned later on in life. And I was like, why? I was like a horrible Christian, but they were like, no, Gabe, like you were a light. And I was like, where? Like I was the darkest freaking Christian ever. <laughs> like, um, but you know, I I. You know, it's something that, like, if I do have a regret in my life, it's it's not getting my, my faith together sooner. Um, just because, um, you know, I feel like I could have brought a lot more value to my high school and my friends um, than I did. Um, and I think that's kind of why, um, with our group, like on Tuesdays, our young adults group, like... Um, I don't necessarily want to have that absent, um, but I also know, like, you know, Suzanne and Haley and you, like, and even, well, Fernando used to, but, like, you guys all went to a Christian school and are doing Christian studies uh, uh, on some level, you know, like, you're getting to pray at school with people, and, um, you know, Suzanne's working towards her doctorate, or I think so, I don't know at what point she's at, I know she's going somewhere for her doctorate, I don't, and I, I don't know. Um, I know she's finishing one of her degrees or doing something like that, and same with Haley. Um, and Fernando was in school for it, and, you know, Trevor was in school for it. Um, so I'm, like, the only kind of person who... Travis? Uh, remember the... Have you met Travis? The really tall guy? Yeah. Yeah, because he went to school with them at George Fox. I know he was an engineer, but, like, eh, I don't know if he necessarily had that. So maybe he might not be included in that group. Um, but, like, still had a mostly Christian environment in college that they were grew up in and were surrounded by and some of them are still very involved in if not directly involved in still um, and I'm not you know like yeah my job is at a church with kids doing youth group and like I'm involved in committees to like help my church grow and help you know the life of the church and so I have a lot of things that are very much involved in aspects of the church when it comes to just sitting and having communion and having community around the scripture, like, I only get that, you know? Um, because, like, as a youth pastor, I'm always the guy who's leading. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, like, again, with our group, I don't want to be the youth pastor who just sits down and says, hey, we should, you know, read the Bible. Hey, like, no, we're not going to talk. We're going to do this. Because it's like, I know... That also takes away a part of the group that we have right now, which is a really good conversation time. We can just, just sit and just relax and like gets it allows all of us to kinda of have a time to just not have any pressure, you know. We get to kind of just sit with other people that are our age and just enjoy a night almost as family, you know, kinda of just hanging out. Um, so it's kind of that like for me the the struggle between those two is kinda of hard to know how to enter into and how to um, I guess break through that so I don't know but it's good at least it, it's refreshing and and it's it I figured you were kind of in that boat of like it'd be nice to have that you know because <laughs> I've always kind of gotten that um, 
I feel like you and I are kind of in, in, with the same heart and the same mind in that of like we enjoy that kind of communion and the community around the scripture with other Christians you know you guys are sitting and you're just like this is good you know being able to read a passage and just like talking about it and finding joy in like the scriptures <laughs> so yeah Well, I'll tell you what, Amanda. Are you hungry? A little bit, but I'm all right. You're all right? I'm all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, oh, there is. Because my ankle hurts, um, would you mind grabbing, it says there's a leadership Bible right there on that little table next to you. It's underneath that theology book. There's a theology book to your right. This one? Yeah, so that leadership Bible on the bottom there. There you go. Thank you. Um, hmm. I just had an idea to try and read a scripture to kind of wrap this up. Okay. But I don't know what I should read. Do you have any ideas? What's something you've been reading? Because I've been reading Jeremiah. I've been reading Ephesians. Ephesians. Ooh, I love Ephesians. Okay. Oh, Unity in the church. Ooh, okay. That's kind of cool because it fits in a little bit of what we're talking about. Oh, Ephesians almost slipped through it. There you go, unity in the church. Hmm. Oh man, I love Ephesians. I've been teaching a lot out of Ephesians the past few. Well, well, because remember I talked about a group a while back. I talked to you. Well, because whenever we stopped, we did read the Bible that one time. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the armor of God. Uh So that was like right when I was starting my series with the armor of God with my kids, and I just finished that like two weeks ago. So it had been like a long time that I've been going through it just because it was like a lot of parts. And now we're talking about friendships and the relationships that we have. So, oh, yeah. nice. Well, because like, I feel like a lot of times like we talk about like, hey, you got to have good friends. You know, you got to have friends who go to church. You got to have, you know, make sure you don't have bad friends in your life. Um, but like the relationships that we have in our life, whether it be like a friendship or like, you know, a romantic relationship or even our family, like. Those are like they're very complicated, you know. There's a lot of nuance to them. It's not just like, hey, that person's a good person. Hey, that person's a bad person. It's like you can have like pretty like good friends that like aren't gonna push you towards the Lord, you know. And you also have like really bad friends that aren't necessarily bad bad of people, you know. They're just not doing very like they're not pushing you towards good things. And you can have a good friends that aren't pushing you anywhere, but they're good, you know. They're loyal. They they love you. They care for you, but. They're not necessarily going to encourage you to strive for good things in your life. They're just like, no, yeah, just be happy. Like, it's a good friend, but I don't know if they're really going to be all that good for you. So, um, yeah, so anyway, I just thought I would take some time to, like, actually process through that with the kids and kind of, like, take time. So last week was talking about, like, good friends, and this week was talking about bad friends. Um, And then next week we're talking about, like, relationships, like romantic relationships, like, you know, um, the good and the bad and what they're for. Mm and then the week after that, we're going to be talking about um, godly friends. Okay. So the difference between a good friend, a bad friend, and a godly friend. Um, and also have how to have, like, how to be a godly friend with good and bad friends. And how to be godly in a relationship. And how to be, like, that person. And, like, identifying who's... And so the series is called Who's Who. So it's like, who is a good friend? Who is a bad friend? Who is... Like a like, is that a bad relationship to go into, or is that a, you know, is that okay to go into that relationship? It's like, and do I have any godly friends? You know, I like identifying who's who in your life, because um, I think we sometimes just let people in, and we don't always understand who they are. Um, mm-hmm. 
or are we just going to continue a relationship with somebody because it's been a relationship for a long time but you don't really think about like is this actually good for me like is this actually something that's like good or like hey am i actually good for this person like mm. am i helping them am i being bad influence in their life like am i being a godly influence in their life am i being a good influence even like at, you know how am i impacting the others in my life and so that's kind of what this series is all about um so yeah it's kind of something i was thinking about but um you're talking about unity and relationships and things like that so yeah hmm. and you were the last thing you read in ephesians like um the unity in the church but um towards the end mm-hmm. it talks about putting on the armor of god to stand against evil forces yep ephesians 6 I already talked to that for like five weeks. Oh. Great. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it faithfully, fearlessly, as I should. Hmm. Should I read the last little bit too? Tychius or Tychius, I don't know how to say it. Um, the dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord will tell you everything, so that you may also know how I am, how I am, and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you know how we are, and that he may encourage you. Peace to you, brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Good way to end it. Yes. I like that. Mm. Man. Woo! Let's go, man. And now I'm hyped. I'm like hyped up. All right. Session four coming to an end. <laughs>